Blog Talk Radio. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the Good afternoon, everybody, or should we say good evening? I'm Richie. I'm alongside a couple of good fellows here on a beautiful Thursday night. Well, it's not as beautiful as we would like it to be here in the low country down here in Charleston, South Carolina, where I guess a storm has brewed upon us here on a Thursday evening. And, uh, well, we still have a great show lined up here tonight. It is a takeover. Southern Sports Central style. That's right. Usually it's Miss V and all of those guys and girls from the South Carolina High School Blitz getting it on here on Thursday night, but not tonight, my friends. We've loaded it up, and we're going to roll it out here through three hours. Four guests and a few others may pop on here throughout tonight. We'll start off at 6.30 with Ben Moore as we hang out in the ATL. He is with 24-7 Sports. He also covers Georgia State. We'll talk college football. We'll talk about how he is handling recruiting when it comes to the athletes around the country, per se, possibly South Carolina, maybe into Georgia, of course, North Carolina, but just overall to get some ins and outs from the recruiting perspective from a guy that that's what he does is write about these recruiters or recruits, if you will. Now, parents, if you're listening, hopefully you are, he's going to give you some ins and outs to some things that he's maybe have seen that he wishes he didn't and some things that he would like to see going forward. Then at 7 o'clock, some of you guys have met this young lady. She does an incredible job with PD Sports Recruiters. That's her business over in the ATL, but she does a lot of business right here in South Carolina with a lot of our low country all the way up to uh, the PD, the Grand Strand, and across the great state of South Carolina. That's Miss Kathy Reeves. She'll join us at 7 o'clock. She's going to give us a little insight about what is PD Sports Recruiter. She's a big-time supporter of what we do right here on Southern Sports Central and one of our family members of Blog Talk Radio. We'll talk about that show that she does as well. And then we stay in Atlanta for our final guest. That's right. We're going for the trifecta in the ATL. It is Kenyatta Watson. Yes, uh, Coach Watson is a college recruiting consultant, also part of that Infinity family where he is the director of player personnel. You know, his son, by the way, is a big-time player at Texas. That's going to be a ton of fun here on tonight's show to talk to uh, Coach Watson about what he's got going on, what's new and old and happening with him. So it should be a lot of fun here on the broadcast 
with uh, Coach Watson. And then at 8 o'clock, we finally get the bus back into the Palmetto State. We do take that trip over to Greenville, where we'll check in at ESPN Upstate with the own Cole Bryson. He's also the voice of the Burns Rebels. Uh, Cole will check in. We'll talk high school football with him and kind of get an idea of what's going on in the Upstate. I know down here in the lower part of the state of South Carolina, it's been kind of quiet. We don't mention the C word around here very much and hopefully not at all but that's not the case up there on that side of the world and that is the upper state of South Carolina we'll talk about the team that he covers along with some other teams around the upstate we don't get a chance to do that quite as much as we'd like to but we do get that opportunity from time to time to check in with him and a few other great individuals on that side of uh, the line if you will and that is the upper state of South Carolina because we are now what about two weeks away from the state playoffs kicking off round one, basically all but done, kind of figured out who's going where. There's still some, I think, loose ends. I know everybody wants to say that teams have already been placed, but that's not an official deal. That's an expectation, if you will. So we'll talk about who he expects to represent certain teams in the upper state as we, of course, know who's going to do it here in the lower state. Now, we are going to head over to a couple of guys. Number one, Eugene Benton is here tonight with me. He'll be hanging out with me not only here on the broadcast, he'll be doing it all on social media. You can follow us on Twitter. If you're not already, shame on you. We won't hold that against you, but make sure right now you get on that uh, site. You hit up SO Sports Central. Like it, follow it, track us, stock us, whatever they call it, do it, and you can hear all of uh, the best quotes of the interviews of this broadcast tonight will be posted on that social media site. We're also hanging out on Facebook, not as busy. Again, we give you some headlines and some updates, but it's not as 24-7 active as you see on Twitter, but that is Southern Sport Central. And then on, of course, Instagram, we take a few pictures, but we got to get better at it. But right now we are, of course, over there at Southern Sport Central. Eugene, let me bring you in real quick, and I do have one other member of our NWO that is the Wolfpack here of Southern Sports Central. And that, of course, Brandon Bisco being, he'll join us in just a minute. But, uh, Eugene, glad to have you back. Again, this is our third show this week. Kind of nice to stay in the saddle, if you will, and get that momentum from last night's show and carry it into tonight, buddy. Yeah, man, you know, it's an unexpected turn of events. So it's supposed to be up in Columbia. Uh, as, you know, we had the head coaches for the two varsity programs for Gray and Oceanside on last night. Uh, they're prepared to battle it out tomorrow night down at the Citadel. Uh, tonight, uh, Gray was hosting up in Columbia, JV, uh, due to inclement weather of the winds and, and, and possible storms and, and what they may bring. Uh, they decided about 10.30 this morning to cancel that. So, uh, didn't hit the road. Uh, stayed here in studio. Uh, got some big-time football on tonight. Uh, Panthers and Gray. Uh, Falcons. Um, there's also a college game on tonight, so we got the show. We got some football in the background. We got some recruiting folks, and uh, wow, talking about recruiting, uh, what what a big time offer for the super sophomore giant over at Oceanside picking up the Georgia offer today. Yeah, that's a big deal. Monroe got that thing in in in, in style. I know Coach forwarded that tweet out to us, and we got the chance to see that pretty early uh, as it was uh, seconds, I guess, after he put it out there, but. Uh, yeah, big guy, big opportunities. I know you are close to the family. Uh, we, uh, we will say this. Uh, you know, I know they're excited about any offer they get, an opportunity. Who knows? The Lord knows where this young man will end up. I mean, everybody's got a wish list, and we'll leave it there. 
but uh, you never know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, how it all works itself out. But that's a big offer. University of Georgia for a big time <laughs> sophomore yeah. kid. Man, I tell you what, Georgia, hey, they put dogs in, literally, no pun intended, they put dogs in the NFL, if you know what I mean. So uh, that could be a, a big conversation. I know there's some in-state schools that he's got interest in. One he's got an offer from, if I'm not mistaken, the University of South Carolina has already jumped on that board earlier. Uh, Clemson's kind of wavering at this point. I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's coming, Mom and Dad. Right. Hold tight. Yeah. But, you know, uh, he needs to pray about it. He needs to stay up about it. And he needs to make the best decision for him where his education is going to be, of course, uh, on the top of that list. Now, again, football, yes, it's important. It's got to be a huge part of why he decides. I get that part. But it's that education. If he has a major, it's got to make sure that it's uh, one of those ones that's at the campus that he's going to at least spend the next three years after he graduates uh, of high school. Now, Eugene, I am going to bring in another young man here, uh, of course, Brandon Bisco-Bing. He's one of our great members here on the staff of Southern Sports Central. He does his own show bright and early in the morning from 7 to 10, and that is Sports Unlimited. You can find it right here on Southern Sports Central. And, uh, again, it will be aired every Friday morning as it was last Friday, and it will be right here tomorrow morning. And, uh, Brandon, man, how's the weather up there in the Grand Strand, bro? Uh, kind of – Cloudy today, very windy today, but otherwise not too bad. That's good, man. That's good. So you guys had a turn of events. We talk about that word kind of be used uh, on, on a few occasions here. You guys, it looks like, are going to be taking on a very strong seventh rank, by the way, in 4A football. That is Buford. It's going to be coming up to you guys, hitting that, I would imagine, 17 all the way through until they hit 501 and land on your campus. Was it tomorrow night, kickoff at 730? Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Thirty minutes early. Is that nor that usually guys are are y'all usually a seven o'clock kickoff or they just move that up uh, because it of... varies it, it varies based on a number of different factors. Like I know when uh when we had the game of the week here on uh ABC it was at seven, uh, because that's when their game you know, the game of the week usually starts. But outside of that it's been normally seven thirty. Nice, nice. Now, there were some other things that happened uh, you and I haven't had a chance to talk about. I know tomorrow morning it will be one of your hot topics, and that is Myrtle Beach, man. We had their, uh, you know, uh, their game up on our feed throughout the game on Friday night and did see that Wilson picked up that big dub, and we actually had their head coach in here on Monday night as uh, kind of a, a, a huge data boy. But did you see, I mean, could you possibly predicted the Tigers of Wilson outside of Florence? beating the one of the best teams in the state, definitely one of the best teams in 4A football? No, I did not see that one coming at all. And as right after my game ended uh, last week, I started, you know, I saw Twitter and I was following Twitter. And I saw that they were losing at the end of the game. And I was, I was shocked to see that. And when it came across that they had officially lost, I was absolutely shocked that that they lost that game, especially to Wilson, who, you know, yeah, they came into the season with a lot of hype and a lot of expectations. But thus far this season, they haven't really shown what they can do. And maybe that win right there really does show what they're capable of. And, you know, especially with the chaos down in Region 7, who knows? Region six may end up getting two at large bids. Uh, no but you know, yeah, the the Myrtle Beach loss is huge, especially considering you know, yeah, they they play 
they they play a game that they should be able to win this week, but then next week they have to phase off against North Myrtle probably for the region title. Now, North Myrtle, of course, undefeated, by the way. So, North Myrtle is in control of this thing. And, however, it had come down to those uh, Friday night lights and a week from tomorrow night. Now, North Myrtle continues to find ways to win. But, to me, I go back to that Myrtle Beach game, and I think the, the actual – recipe or at least the formula of how to beat the Seahawks was given out the week before by a very uh, good team that that doesn't show it on the paper. And that, of course, is uh, Hartsville. And that's a rival game. A lot of people don't realize the the hate between those lines when the whistles are blown and the game is on, you know, how much these two teams have just really gotten at each other for the last so many years. And again, last Friday night, they, they came close to upsetting Myrtle Beach. And all of a sudden, here comes you know, a team like Wilson coached up very well. I would think that one of the most disciplined teams in that region really handled the business that they needed to. They pick up a big win. Meanwhile, you look on that other side, like we mentioned, North Myrtle Beach, they continue to do things with, you know, their big dogs that they continue to hunt and find ways to win. You know, that, of course, is 4A football. Now we look at the 5A side of life. Sockesty, of course, uh, they catch a word that we don't use on here much, but it was very weird the way that it came out on a Friday about an hour before they were supposed to get on the bus and head, uh, I guess, to a game on the road. And uh, that didn't happen, right? That didn't happen or the game didn't happen either way. And now they are benched for two weeks. Do they play? Is it, does it make sense to play? We don't know. But what is your thoughts of, uh, of soccer, Steve, St. James? And kind of give me a, a recap of 5A football up on the Grand Strand. Yeah, not too much going on right now. And this is one of the big things I'll talk about. Um, my big talking point and my big, you know, discussion point for tomorrow night or tomorrow morning, rather, um, will be about the playoffs and and what should be done about the the playoffs and how many re, how many spots each region gets moving forward. Because the thing about Region Six Five A has been that ever since a couple of weeks ago, it's pretty much been, you know, ever since Con or ever since Carolina Forest beat Sockesty and Sumter beat St. James a couple of weeks ago, we've known who's going to be in for Region 6. So all the rest of the games, you know, the last, the, uh, you know, last week, um, you know, you still did have some region games going on. So it was still like, okay, it means something a little bit. But now these last couple of weeks, especially with how, uh, you know, with how the region stacked up, it's kind of like a lot of the teams don't necessarily care as much. Um, And so, you know, it's disappointing to see what happened with Soxie. I think they did announce that they are planning on playing a bowl game. I forget against who I want to say maybe, well, Loris, I think is still in, Um, but, uh, but they do have a plan in place as of right now to try, at least try to play a bowl game. Uh, But, you know, it, it, it is definitely disappointing for the kids to, to see them have to have basically the the end of their season come to a grinding halt. Uh, they still could potentially get next game, next week's game in, uh, but it, it's interesting. It, it it was very interesting for me. I you know I was scrolling through Twitter on my way to the game last week, and then, and I suddenly saw 
that Sopkowski had to postpone their game against Waccamaw last week, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's something I definitely need to take note of. And this is Gene. So, now, going to your 5A region, I, I, we know you're a big part of uh, Carolina Forest there. Um, the number one seed, Sumter, uh, looking at the playoff bracket, they have a pretty – uh, pretty good spot there. It looks like a team from here in the low country. It looks like uh, possibly Berkeley is going to travel to mm-hmm. Sumter for that first game. Uh, you know, give us your thoughts on, on the one seed since you've seen those guys up close. You know, we've seen the quarterback. We've had, we've had the quarterback on the show, uh, defensive lineman going to University of Florida. So they have some, uh, you know, some elite talent. But overall, you know, give us your impression overall as a team. Uh, is it a team you think can make a run in the lower state? Uh, and, you know, give a shot to that title game, uh, knowing that, you know, they've also scrimmaged Fort Dorchester. It might be something that neither team really showed much, but uh, we'll let you uh, talk about what you saw out of that uh, Sumter uh, number one seed team. Yeah, Sumter is an interesting little case study because they, the first half of that game against Carolina Forest, they didn't really look, especially on the defensive end, especially on the front seven, with the guys that they have, the Division One talent that they have on that on that defensive line and in the linebacking core, they didn't really impress me all that much. You know, the Panthers were able to find some pretty big holes in that defensive line and were able to get some big, big gains and some big game touchdowns uh, in that first half. And then as soon as halftime came around, I mean, it didn't help that that they had a big momentum play at the end of the first half. But that the second half, they really put the gas pedal on. Uh, And that's that's something that they've done all season, it seems, is that they've been much more of a second-half team. And, you know, but but the thing about it is that I don't I'd have to say that Carolina Forest lost that game more than Sumter won it because there were if I remember correctly I think there were five at least five turnovers for the Panthers in that game against Sumter. And so that's what really killed them. And so while Sumter is certainly a good team and I think they they certainly can beat some of the other top teams in in the region or in in 5A but i don't know for one they have to be able to play four quarters of good football and that's something that they've seemed to struggle with all season they've been playing very slow in the first they've gotten off to a slow start and then have it, had to ramp it up in the second half but then on top of that they basically, in a lot of games, especially against Carolina Forest, they had to rely on turnovers in order to keep the game going. Yes, that is their big strength, is defense. But And, and as we always say, defense wins championships. But I don't know if they quite have enough to get over a Fort Dorchester or get over a Dutch Fork. Well, fair enough. Now, I will say that they say the uh, this year the whole defense wins championships apparently has been thrown out the window. <laughs> and that came from David Pollock on the uh, 
ESPN yeah. game day last weekend, and then you know we tweeted out there, and you know people were coming at us with pitchforks and, and, and fire on the stake because apparently because David Pollock said it, and you know this day, this year or this day and age, you know you just got to score sixty points and and hope to cause a turnover to win the game sixty to fifty. Apparently, defense doesn't win championships according to the so-called experts. I I still think defense wins championships. You know, yeah they yeah offense may win games in the regular season, but when push comes to shove, look who the teams are that win. You know whether it's the national championship or the Super Bowl or make a deep run in the playoff uh, in the NFL or or in high school for that matter. It's the teams that can play well on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, Richie just jumped back in. Um, you know, we were talking about what he saw at Sumter since he saw those guys firsthand, you know, and whether he thought they could make a run uh, based on the fact that they do have some good talent. Now, he said his thoughts, uh, you know, looking at a team that you know very well in Fort Dorchester with that uh, he didn't see Sumter, you know, getting past Fort and um, possibly that lower state championship. Uh, who else do you guys have as your uh, kind of final four in that lower state bracket? I know I'm assuming we would all agree Fort Dorchester is one, uh, but who else would you guys put in the lower state 5A? All right, we'll go ahead and probably give Dutch Fork a, a spot, so that's two of the four. Y'all pick up the yeah. other two. Um, well, okay, so there's – let me think. There's eight so, teams so, so Here's in, what I'm going to do, guys. I, I'm going to give you the breakdown, okay, because this is, as of okay. now, everything but River Bluff, which is Region 5C2 – uh, number two in that region is, is 100% confirmed. So, and, and and Eugene, you'll go ahead. I'll let you, then Brandon, and then I'll chime in. And I've got this actually, I've got one filled out right here in front of me. So we're going to use this as uh, is our go-to here in the lower state as it will kick off on uh, November 13th. That is a Friday, by the way, Friday the 13th at 7.30. All right, so Dutch Fork in Region 5 will take on Somerville Region 8. I don't Eugene. see anyone beating Dutch Fork. Okay. All right. Keep going. Eugene, you already said Dutch Fork, didn't you? So, Eugene, all right, so we'll keep moving on. I think Eugene did say Dutch Fork, by the way, Brandon. So, now we look at the other game, and I'm going yeah, to challenge you with Dutch Fork because I, Dutch Fork only won 21 to nothing against uh, Spring Valley. They scored the final seven on a trick play. It's just funny. I get it. They they they're the they're the big dog until somebody knocks them off the porch. But they don't look. And I'm just telling you from some people that that I know close over there that this isn't the team that we saw the last three or four years. I'm just gonna again give you guys a heads up. Okay. I'm just just gonna. It is what it is. I hope everybody rides high on that 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 wagon for that everybody else can kind of slide their way through this. All right. So then we go to the other game. Region seven, the number one seed wins their region two weeks ago but oh wait they were beat last friday night by stratford we had denny the head coach of stratford on here monday night they actually will host region six number two that's carolina force and brandon bisco being the voice of the panthers brandon i'll let you chime in do you think goose creek do they got what it takes to host and beat your panthers as the panthers come in and sweep a big one because you guys played them last year and knocked them out of the playoffs yeah See, you would be the one to ask in terms of Goose Creek because obviously I have not seen Goose Creek play yet this season, but you have. 
Right. And the big thing that I the the big question mark for Carolina Forest, and I think a lot of questions are going to be answered uh, tomorrow when they play Buford. Yes, it's four A, but it's still against a high ranked team. Uh, is is Carolina Forest able to learn from their mistakes against Sumter? And right. if they are, and if they're able to play the football that I know they are capable of playing, I think Carolina Forest can pull it off, especially since Goose Creek lost to Somerville last week. Right, now, Goose Creek lost to Stratford, but can oh, – Stratford, my thing is, can, Right, right. But can Goose Creek stop – can, excuse me, can Carolina Forest stop a running game that's extremely impressive? They have a great running back over there at Goose Creek. They also, by the way, have a committed, ready-to-rock-and-roll set and waiting-to-be-delivered-to-coast-of-Carolina receiver that can catch it about anywhere and also a quarterback that can throw it. A very elusive, fast-paced offense that Goose Creek's going to come to the table with, Eugene. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Carolina Forest, Goose Creek? Ah, uh, ooh. I'm going to go with the creek on this one. Yeah, go with the creek. All right. My thing I is, think I, will say, I, think, I think that's going to be the most competitive game in the first round out of the right. state. I think they're very similar. I, think I can agree with that. Signs of weakness. They're not as consistent across the board. I mean, I saw, you know, uh, I did get a chance to see Goose Creek. They played Fort Dorchester. Fort had their ways with them. They beat them pretty convincingly. But, however, Fort Dorchester is the number one um, offense in the state of South Carolina over that amazingly all bragged about Dutch Fort, by the way. But that being said, and I don't want to hear that they play better competition because I think we all know uh, that region over there, no, no knocking on that region. But Region 5 isn't the toughest region in 5A football. All right, that just is what it is. Um, that being said – I, I got to tell you, man, I, I'm going to go Goose Creek on this one. I, I think Goose Creek finds what they need. I think they have that home field advantage, even though it may be a selected amount that gets in over there. Uh, that field is – it's a different place. I watched them knock Somerville out in the uh, second round of the playoffs last year. Be it at Somerville, might have ended up being a completely different ball game. Yes, they don't have Manny McQuamu. Yes, they don't have other players, but they've reloaded in players. They have a guy over there, uh, you know, uh, that, that teaches them speed and agility. And he is one of the best in the business at being a running back guy. He owns a uh, place down here called the Factory. I think Jamie and the guys have them ready, along with all their coaches. And I think Goose Creek finds a way to win that one. All right, Sumter Berkeley. Now, this one is an interesting one to me. And I think we'll know more about Berkeley tomorrow night because Berkeley travels over to an arrival, one of the oldest ones in the state, Brandon. They'll play at Somerville. Friday night lights are going to be on at McKissick field and you'll see a senior night for Somerville they almost beat the fort by the way and you know rivals you can take out the records and add mm-hmm. in the rival it makes it a different yeah. ball game but for me I need to see some more consistency out of Berkeley I think that's the question that I have for them I have been um, you know I've seen both Sumter scrimmage of course Fort did that and I've seen Berkeley play and it wasn't as impressive in week one but my thing is I think they've gotten a little bit better to me I think this one is a better matchup or maybe one of the best matchups, along with Goose Creek and Carolina Force. I'll go first here. I think Berkeley finds a way. I really do. I think Berkeley finds a way to, uh, man, do what they can do against a very good team on the other side and handle that 3-4 defense that they're going to have, that big front of Sumter. And um, the only prayer that I feel that, that has to be answered 
is that they've got to stay ahead the whole time. If not, Sumter finds a way to win, but I'm going to go with Berkeley. I think they find a way to, to win this one. Now, this may change after tomorrow night's game, but as of right now, I think Berkeley's getting better week after week. Eugene. Uh, where's that game being played? It's at Sumter, on the road. Ooh. I'm going with Berkeley. I think Sumter's suspect defense. I think they have a an excellent defensive end. Um, I just I, I think you know if Berkeley goes to that uh, ground and pound game. I mean they gave Goose Creek all they wanted and then some running the ball. Um, I'll go Berkeley in this game too. All right, how about you? What, what's your thoughts there, Brandon? <sighs> Sumter has had this weird thing all season, it seems, of, like I mentioned, they they seem to come out of the gate flat, but then they find ways of winning games. Uh, Berkeley's going to need to play a full four-quarter game with Sumter and not back off. This this is another one, like with Goose Creek against Carolina Force, this is going to be another one that's going to be very, very close. Uh, can go either way. I think I will give it to Berkeley as well. Yeah, look at this. Look at this. The trifecta. I like that. All right, and again, guys, we will continue to kind of look at this for the next week or so. Why? Because there's still some big games. Berkeley, by the way, does play Fort Dorchester, so I actually get to see them uh, not this Friday, but next Friday as far as they'll go head-to-head, and I'll have a little bit more of an understanding of how much better and how much faster Berkeley's got. They've got a good ball team over there. Stags are definitely good. They're coached by Coach Robinson, who does a good job of getting his guys up for the rig games and, and gets things up, even though they lost that one early in the season. I, I see a lot more things happening. Now, again, I don't want to take that away and, from that but, great quarterback at Sumter either, because I'm telling you, Sumter's quarterback is legit. I think he is the most underrated senior quarterback in the state of South Carolina that I think somebody's going to get a deal and a steal at the same time. Let me just say one thing real quick. That that matchup between those two teams in the first round is going to be a really big test subject matchup of the debate between rest and competitiveness when it comes to going into the playoffs. Because right. Sumter does not have a an opponent for this week. They have a bye. And uh, hmm. next week, I forget who they play, but it's definitely not a team of the caliber of Fort Dorchester. Whereas right. Berkeley has to play – who who do they play this week? Berkeley plays at Somerville, and then they host at their final Somerville, game. and then they have to play against Fort Dorchester. So those are be- two big games that are going to be tough games for Berkeley, but at the same time, it gets you prepared for having to go into the playoffs. It give, if you can either win or at the very least have those games be competitive, that gives right. you some momentum going into the playoffs. Right, guys, and we have to go now because we do have a break here, but I guess we'll all kind of go in as Fort Dorchester. It looks like River Bluff will be the team. I think we can all three quickly agree, Fort D. Guys, is that kind of a quick nod around the yeah. table? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Brandon, man, go get ready for tomorrow morning's show. You can hear Brandon Bisco Bing tomorrow morning right here on Southern Sports Central. Sports Unlimited style 
right here on a Friday morning and every Friday morning from 7 to 10. He's going to have on some great calls for you, of course, uh, to call in opportunities to uh, have a conversation, if you will. I know uh, Eugene possibly will chime in tomorrow. I'm looking forward to, as always, dropping by and uh, taking a few minutes to say hello to some of the listeners, as well as a few others of us here on the network. Uh, Brandon, God bless. Stay safe. Enjoy it. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, but just to go ahead and tell you for the first of probably two or three, but have a good call tomorrow night as you guys are going to be playing uh, Buford. Definitely. Talk to you tomorrow. And yeah, like uh, Richie said, Tomorrow morning, got a big debate that I want to get everyone's thoughts on tomorrow. There you go, man. Hey, turn it into a poll question tonight. Put it on uh, Southern Sports Central on Twitter. Let's get it moving. And uh, just make sure that you tag your radio show in there so that everybody yep. knows that the uh, responses will be read by the end of your show tomorrow night or tomorrow after morning. Perfect. All right. All right, guys, there you go. Brandon Disco Bing joining us here all the way from the Grand Strand. We got to go, guys, because that bus has got some miles to keep up. Now we're heading to Atlanta with one of our good old buddies, Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports. Right out of this, guys. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Welcome back, everybody. 30 minutes in the books, and we got another 30 to the top of the hour. And it is now time as we take the bus and park it for the next hour and a half in the uh, city of Atlanta. We start off with one of the best, Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports. Ben, we had to get you that five-star introduction, being such a five-star dude. Ben, we got you, buddy. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks. Sorry, Richard. Uh, traveling, uh, traveling from here to there uh, this Thursday evening, man. But always good to catch up with you. You got it, man. I don't know if you heard. We gave you that rock introduction. And it was kind of fitting, as considering that you're one of the uh, the big dogs that lay us to smack it down when you come on to Southern Sports Central. First of all, let me ask you, man. The family okay? I know you guys had some storms coming through. Uh, it sounds like you still got some storms coming through over there. How's, how's the weather over there in Atlanta? Yeah, thankfully it's passed. Travel storm Zeta uh, came came and went. A uh, little, little bit shaky early in the morning. Uh, the four o'clock wake up call uh, for the city of Atlanta. A lot of a lot of trees down. A lot of electrical uh, issues this morning. A lot of power outage. I, saw, I think uh, three quarters of a million people in Metro Atlanta were without power. But I know the fine folks, uh, Georgia Power and the and the variety of folks have been working hard. Um, you know, first responders were obviously super thankful for them and and uh, getting the roads all cleared up. But uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to a big weekend, uh, certainly locally and uh, you know regionally as well. But uh, yeah, all is well with the fam, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, man. Love talking football with you and covering it all over there on 24-7 Sports. You guys do a great job. Now let's get right into some college football. We know this. Clemson is real. They definitely 
are in a level league and everything else of their own. The Big 12, uh, of course, uh, still has a lot of issues, a lot of questions. The Big 10, ooh, we thought, I thought Penn State was going to have some positive conversation. Indiana, that we ain't just a basketball school. No, we're going to play some football. They beat Penn State. It's the Ohio State struggle for a minute. They found their way. Just a few of those big headlines across a few of those conferences, of course, the uh, Southeastern Conference. There's still a lot of question marks coming after week after week. And how about the Shauna Clear? Man, 5-0, doing what they do. Top, I think top 20 now in the country for the first time ever. Man, it continues to get better and better for a conference that we call it the Fun Belt. Man, give me your recap of another week in the football. Yeah, tremendous. Uh, definitely great to see the Big Ten uh, get jump into the party. You know, for uh, for those folks who had been around since uh, since the first week of September, uh, you know, to see to not have Big Ten football, and I, I believe all but three um, FBS programs have played played a game. I think UMass uh, was clear clearing up the uh, the back of the line there, but you know, just great storylines in every conference across the uh, you know from sea to shining sea, and, and excited to see uh, you know certainly the action as you mentioned. I got to see, got to see Clemson. Uh, live and in person against Georgia Tech, and that was absolutely a, a bloodletting there, uh, live live from Bobby Dodd Stadium downtown Atlanta. Uh, you know, they just looked like a it looked like they created a team on Madden. Uh, they just were you know were unbelievable, and, and uh, you know, with just the precision uh, led by Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, and, and, and uh, everything on that side of the ball. And they really don't look to be challenged in the ACC, as you mentioned. Uh, big upset certainly there, Penn State. You know. Not, nothing but a little controversy. Good for everybody. You know, was was uh, Mike Penix Jr. in? Was he not? Not quite sure. Uh, the, the the guys uh, with, the, with the white and black hats and the, the striped shirt said he was in. So down goes Penn State, and uh, of course Penn State and Ohio State this weekend. Uh, looking forward to uh, to those games, and, and then you, you know let's not forget about that uh, little program over there in Tuscaloosa, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They just uh, day in day out, game in game out, they continue to to rock and roll and. And uh, you know, winning with an unbelievable offense. I think that's the that's the storylines that I've seen so far. The teams that are, are just special offensively are certainly uh, on top right now with Ohio State. Uh, Justin Fields certainly didn't look like he needed any time off getting started. Uh, and then of course, as we mentioned, Clemson and Alabama. And uh, you know, who's who's going to come and jump in there, uh, try to get into that fourth fourth spot? Does look to be wide open from uh, several different conferences at this point. Yeah, as of right now, coming into this ranking, USA Today's uh, poll has Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. They get their first game, and they're sitting at number three. How about that? you got to like those numbers. Notre Dame, they'll be seeing Clemson in a few weeks. Georgia rounding out the top five. But the game that I'm kind of curious about is Oklahoma State. Now, I believe if numbers are – if they're right, they play Texas. And that's – you know, we need to talk about Oklahoma and Texas, but – this was going to be a big one with Oklahoma State. Here they are kind of being that quiet dog in the hunter, the cowboy, if you will, of uh, the uh, football conversation right now, sitting there at number six. 4-0, undefeated, doing what they need to do, along with Cincinnati, that uh, also is 4-0, doing what they need to do. Your thoughts on those two teams outside the top five, but very much in contention to ruin a few people's plans when it comes to the final four. Yeah, there's you know very very well coached teams. There's definitely uh, again kind of going with the theme. Very strong offensively. You know, Schubert Hubbard is is a running back certainly that a lot of folks know uh, you know uh, nationally and uh, looks looks truly to be you know the the uh, the bride of the Big Twelve. We've seen certainly Oklahoma 
uh, having their issues early in the season. You know, Texas, the question seems to come every single year. August and September is Texas back. Are they going to be back? And then every single year, October comes and goes, and Texas is not back. Indeed, uh, they have kind of stubbed their toe and tripped and fallen. Uh, but yeah, Oklahoma State's pretty impressive, and uh, you know, not a whole lot of folks. Uh, you know, in SEC and ACC country, probably have watched a ton of Cowboy football, but uh, you know they're they're impressive week in week out. Um, you know, and I think Mike Gundy certainly got got a squad there to to compete in case you know you never know. You have an opportunity. Uh, one, one of the you know the, the teams up above them can trip and fall. Uh, you know, if somebody does grab a Notre Dame, I don't definitely don't think it's going to be you know this weekend as Notre Dame's in, right down the street from me uh, in, in uh, 24 hours playing Georgia Tech. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, they play Clemson in two weeks. You know, that's kind of a, a loser leaves town match, to, uh, to quote your, uh, your rock reference there. Um, but, yeah, I'm impressed also with Cincinnati. Luke, Luke Fickle's got done a great job with that program. You know, they don't, they don't play in a Power 5 league. You know, the AAC, the Americans call themselves the Power 6. And, uh, you know, they are, are very prideful league, very solid. Um, you know, at the very top there with Cincinnati and had success there with Central Florida as well so looking forward to seeing what uh, what the Bearcats can do play a play a really strong uh, you know brand of football there and, and Luke Fickle you know learned at Ohio State and uh, did his thing there um, and, and uh, interested to see what those two programs can do and, and especially if they continue to go because we just don't know week to week you know how many games can these programs get in so you want to be as impressive as possible uh, every Saturday. We're live right now with Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports. He also covers Georgia State. And, of course, that program continues to get better and better week after week. Let's talk a little bit about that Sun Belt, that Fun Belt. seems like, you know, they're still having a lot of success. Ben, what is it about some of these schools that we don't always talk about? Look at Army, top 25, SMU, top 25. You know, normally we don't talk Coastal. Well, they're in the top 20, top 21. It depends how you look at it. Marshall's in there. My point to this is teams like the conferences, like the Sun Belt, are now starting to get things moving. How have these guys been able to really kind of find ways in the top 25 in an unprecedented style year? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, coaching and development. Uh, and certainly you're seeing the coaches who can get their message across. You know, a lot, a lot of these team meetings and things like that, uh, we know spring – Practice was limited if it happened at all. Summer workouts were limited. Um, you know, I know many programs staggered the entry for folks to get on campus. So to really see uh, the quality, you're, you're really seeing the coaching staff be, that can communicate their message to their players. And I think, too, you're seeing some of these programs who are very senior-laden and who have experience, especially at the key positions, quarterback up the middle, the linebackers, uh, they're talented on the offensive and defensive line. You know, and, and frankly, the teams that, you know, kind of stay insulated in their own bubble, you know, have the opportunity there to, uh, to stay away from this dreaded virus. And, uh, you know, I think they've done the, done the good job at uh, trying to manage this situation. And it's, it's really a unique year, as you mentioned, and, and one of those situations where ultimately every single coaching staff, you know, every week to week doesn't really know who's available and who's not. So I think this is really where, you know, leadership comes in from the coaches all the way down to the players. Uh, as we know, you know, football is a collision sport. You know, guys getting injured, so you have that going on uh, every single week as well. But uh, you've been, been some impressive teams pop up, as you mentioned, Coastal Carolina, you know, going out and logging another Power 5 victory on the road, going and spanking Kansas, uh, a game that really wasn't close, and have uh, done what they needed to do so far in Sunbelt play, and looking forward to seeing them live uh, here, in, here in Atlanta on Saturday afternoon at noon, uh, seeing the Chanticleers and uh, seeing what 
uh, they can do against Georgia State, and uh, should be a should be a fun game with two uh, very very impressive offenses. Live right now, Ben Moore, twenty four seven Sports, as the bus is parked in Atlanta, Georgia, for the next hour and a half. It starts with the big man, our five star reporter that covers multiple things here on Southern Sports Central. He's very close, of course, to Georgia State. That's his team when it comes down to uh, getting into that nitty gritty. Before we talk Georgia State, let me ask you this, man: Is there anybody? I mean, Tay. Tell me somebody that can compete with the Clemson Tigers. I don't think it's Notre Dame because Notre Dame every year always tells me they're the team. Well, every year they're kind of like Georgia. They fall a little short. Your thoughts, does Notre Dame host Clemson and find a way to upset the Tigers and put them back on planet Earth? Yeah, I just don't see it. Uh, I I agree with you. You know, we, we hear about it every single year. You know, there's certain programs, hey – you know, they're going to take that next step, rise up to the occasion. Uh, Clemson look like, looks like an NFL team, man. They really do. Um, you know, I think the sting of losing in last year's championship game really uh, weighed in on Trevor Lawrence and the program and, and his interesting comments certainly in the last 24 to 48 hours saying, hey, uh, 2021, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, who knows if the team that he doesn't get, uh, get, get that number one overall pick, could he come back and, uh, and be a Clemson another year? That could be even scarier certainly for the folks in college football, but uh, Clemson just looks like on a different level, even when they have hiccups, you know, as they did this past Saturday where they look, you know, kind of stuck in neutral and, and Trevor Lawrence has thrown some interceptions that he hasn't uh, necessarily thrown in previous, previous years. They just hit the gas pedal and all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's a barrage. It's a, it's a one, two, three knockout. And uh, all of a sudden they're up by 25, 30 points again. So uh, Notre Dame does have an impressive defense, probably one of the best, better offense uh, defenses that, uh, Brian Kelly has had in several years, uh, but I just don't don't see them slowing the weapons uh, that, that Dabo has. Now, I know this is one of those weird seasons, and if there was ever a season to bring Rudy back, this would be that year, right, Ben? I mean, you know, this is they're not counting eligibility right now. Any chance of us having Rudy come back and actually play that final snap to save the season for uh, the Irish? Yeah, that's, that's funny. I, I couldn't imagine uh, – Certainly, the old school folks like us, kids, Google it uh, if, if you don't if you don't know who uh, who Rudy is. But uh, folks uh, down here in the city of Atlanta, certainly those who uh, who bleed uh, the white and gold yellow jackets, uh, they 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 say Rudy was offside. So looking forward to to seeing some of those t-shirts running around town this weekend. Man, I love it. I got to get one. Send me one if you got one, brother. Hey, man. So let's talk about the season overall. What What is your thoughts? You think this has been a success at this point where a handful of uh, maybe almost two handfuls getting into the uh, the middle part of the season, if you will, here? Success, trial and error. Overall, you're great for college football in 2020 so far. Yeah, I, I give credit to a lot, a lot of the folks administration-wise. I think there was a lot of folks, uh, certainly as we saw as the, as the summer went on, who thought, um, and there was a lot of people critical of college football, didn't think, hey, if this needed to be played. Uh, we certainly saw, uh, you know, the Big Ten presidents come out uh, outspoken saying that, that, look, this this doesn't need to happen. But I think it ultimately comes down to the financial decisions that, that we had talked about previously. You know, some of these programs, I know the Iowa AD was very vocal saying, look, you know, we could lose 50, 60, 70 million dollars um, and just truly devastating in terms of, uh, you know, economic impact to some of these colleges. And, you know, I think overall there, there was going to be cases. We kind of knew that going into the season as we've seen things pop up. Uh, started very early with Clemson. We saw it with LSU, major programs. Of course, Florida dealing with it right now as well. But o- overall, you know, been pretty impressed, you know, with the programs who have taken it serious. 
Um, you know, as we talk about all the time, this is 18 to 22 year old kids who want to act like 18 to 22 year olds. So they want to go out, they want to go to restaurants, they want to hang out with their friends, they want to go and and see their girlfriends and 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 you know go see um, you know you know things about town and and go to a you know go to establishments around and be a college kid. But uh, we know that's not the case in most cases now. And and the folks that have managed this the best, I think uh, you're seeing that across the board you know, being able to be successful. And you've had some conferences and some programs who have really, really struggled with it. You know, you've had uh, issues, I know, down in the Conference USA. I saw Florida International, Charlotte, for example, has had several games canceled. You know, where they're looking around saying, hey, you know, we, we haven't played in two, three, four weeks. You know, the, the Florida Gators will play their first game this weekend in three weeks as well after their loss against Texas A&M. So I think it's those folks who can manage, um, you know, the steps here and manage this, uh, you know, are doing doing it well, and, and honestly, it just comes down to the kids. You know, they you know the coaches can preach up and down all around, saying, "Hey, safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, do the basic things." Uh, but as we know, it's really up to them to to you know, put those steps in place and and be where they're supposed to be and have some accountability. But I think of the folks that have taken it seriously and done what they need to do. Um, it looks like so far, you know, through, through the end of October, that we may see a finish line in college football. How about it now? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to echo that for you guys in high school football. It comes down to a word that you'll hear for the rest of your life, responsibility matters, right? And it's up to you to take care of you. Nobody's going to take care of you better than you take care of yourself. Back up, put a mask on. If you want to play football, it's here, it's ready, but you got to do what you got to do. You see other teams have not, from high school to college, and even in the NFL, boy, they've had their struggles as well. Now let's talk a little bit about the Georgia State guys. You know, we love that coach very dearly here, and a lot of those guys that are on that staff have come on this show just like their head coach. What's happening over there in Atlanta? What's the word with the uh, the guys of Georgia State right now? Yeah, huge game this weekend. The highest rated opponent uh, ever into uh, Georgia State, or form, formerly Georgia State Stadium, uh, is now Center Park Stadium. They got, got signed a, a, a sponsorship deal. And speaking of signing deals, uh, Coach Sean Elliott just inked a new five year extension with uh, the Panthers, so he'll be he'll be along until 2025. Gets a sizable raise. Put him uh, the near the top of the Sun Belt. I think he's uh, either third or fourth, I believe, on uh, total compensation. So he's uh, so life's pretty good for the Elliott family. And uh, more importantly, um, you know, can kind of lock that in, knowing you know the Panthers have continued to uh, to improve uh, both on and off the field as this program continues to grow in its 11th uh, you know season of existence. So uh, he is the first ever head coach to get an extension, believe it or not, uh, after Coach Curry re- retired, um, and then uh, the second coach, Coach Miles. Uh, the, the program parted ways with, but uh, you know he spoke to that this week, talking about the continuity. Um, obviously, the administration believes in, in what he's doing and what he's continuing to build here in year four, and and just an important game. And, and I think the program the guys know it. Uh, they're very confident uh, hosting Coastal Carolina, and uh, you have several several big programs down the list as well. Um, you've got you know Arkansas Arkansas State, who they who they played in a shootout two weeks ago. Uh, then coming off a road victory against Troy last week, he gave, gave the team some confidence uh, with the redshirt freshman quarterback. Um, so they're looking forward to, to playing Coastal um, and seeing you know, where they kind of measure up and, and certainly notch a huge victory with big games against App State coming up as well as uh, rival Georgia Southern at the end of the season. So they're still looking to take that next step and, and kind of continue to build on what they can do in the, in the coming weeks. But it all starts with Coastal and, and looking forward to seeing them live and in person and um, you know seeing what, uh, what that offense has done this season and uh, that diverse, uh, you know, rushing attack that the Coastal uh, brings. 
Yeah, no question about it, because Coach Elliott will be ready. He was ready last year when he made the trip to the beach to take on Jamie Chadwell and the Shauna Clears this year. It is going to be held there in Atlanta. Actually, I was there. Eugene, actually, we were both there at that game in uh, Coastal this time last year. So it should be a good one. I'm sure uh, we'll be able to sit back with some popcorn, some soda, water, whatever it is, and enjoy that game as well. A couple of things. I know you got to get out of here at the top of the hour, but that being said, uh, Atlanta does get the confirmation from the SEC. They will be hosting another st- uh, championship game out of the SEC. I think was it December 19th? Is that right? Yeah, Mer- and Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And that was that was the biggest uh, biggest question mark. It was going to uh, stay here in Atlanta, and uh, you know we had the Chick-fil-A kickoff games uh, were all canceled, of course, uh, to kick off the season, which certainly was a big blow. Uh, you know, the uh, city of Atlanta also lost. Uh, the final four in March as well. So it'd been a, it'd been a rough streak. It was definitely exciting news to see the SEC uh, back and certainly the folks uh, about 70 miles uh, east of the city of Atlanta up in Athens are hoping that Georgia will, will face Alabama in round two this season. Um, and uh, that will certainly be interesting to see what happens here in a couple of weeks when the cocktail party uh, happens a week from Saturday. Oh, we'll have something to talk about then for sure. I do want to get you in next week to recap the big game that's going to be happening with Georgia State, Coastal Carolina, and the big cocktail party, which I know that's a conversation you like to talk about here with us anyways. Do we know about the capacity of the stadium when the uh, SEC championship takes place? Are they going to kind of put it at 50% or have they mentioned that? I didn't get a chance to get that deep in the article. Yeah, the state state of Georgia has basically been been holding right about 20%. I know Georgia Tech's been – been holding about 20% up in Athens. University of Georgia's been 20%. Georgia State's been 20%. I know Georgia Southern uh, is hosting South Alabama tonight on ESPN. They're doing about 20%. So I'd imagine that same range. Uh, so if you have, you know, r- rough math, if you have 72,000 or 70,000 or so in, in the, the palatial uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you're probably looking at 14,000. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, the, the uh, you know, the ticket broker sites, uh, it's good to be a ticket broker for that weekend uh, if it does end up being Alabama and Georgia with only 14,000 people able to come in. They'll split the, the capacity rate down the middle, and certainly we'll see uh, ticket prices surging. But uh, that definitely could be two top five teams going at it once again. Um, you know, we know Alabama took certainly round one um, there and, and uh, looked, looked explosive doing it. So I uh, look forward to seeing what, what will happen over the next couple of weeks and, and uh, definitely look forward to breaking it down with you. Now, before I ask you one final thing, and this is going to be an education for our listeners, the parents that I've invited into tonight's broadcast, along with their uh, student athletes to listen from a point of, I would say, professionalism, because Ben Moore is with 24-7 Sports. Him and all of his colleagues go around campus to campus reporting on your child at the high school level and keeping an eye on them. Of course, Mr. Uh, Moore does a lot with, of course, Georgia State, so he's very familiar with the state of South Carolina because we do a really great job of feeding the Panthers a lot of this Palmetto State talent week after week and year after year. But before we get there, let me ask you a baseball question, man. How about my Dodgers? I know you're a baseball guy. Were you shocked to see the Dodgers? It took them, what, 1988 to 2020 to finally make that thing happen? Yeah, that was uh, that, that was tough, uh, Richie. I'll be honest, man. It was, uh, you know, knowing, knowing my Braves had a 3-1 to one lead and then blew it in, in, uh, in Atlanta fashion. Uh, it was difficult to digest, but no, I wasn't, wasn't shocked. Uh, I've got family down in Tampa. Certainly they were pulling hard for the Rays, and, and uh, I've been to, uh, to Tropicana Field a time or two watching the, that program, but it, it really was the have and the have-nots, in my opinion. You have, uh, you know, certainly one of the, uh, most, one of the most prestigious 
uh, baseball, you know, uh, you know, programs to, you know, it, out there besides the Yankees. I think the Dodgers certainly in the National League, and uh, they spent good money and and uh, you know came up short several times. As we've seen in sports overall, you know, sometimes you got to you know kind of lick your wounds and learn from it. And I think uh, certainly it was just desserts uh, with the Dodgers, you know, losing. Um, you know, it's every years in a row, and, and certainly with all the controversy going on with the Houston Astros and the sign stealing and everything that way, it's certainly uh, good to see uh, L.A. win it. And now L.A. is the, the kings of baseball and uh, and basketball as well. So they, they'll try to, I guess, do a three-peat there if uh, if one of the uh, the L.A. teams can get hot. Um, you know, probably the Rams uh, there in the, for the Super Bowl. But but yeah, was was excited to see certainly good uh, good you know Major League Baseball. Uh, postseason and, and exciting games every single game as well. I think that was, um, you know, that was something fun to watch and you know being in the bubble and um, and uh, certainly seeing you know some of the best players on the planet certainly do their thing on the World Series on the biggest stage. Would you give them what kind of grade would you give them after a, a shorter season? I like it by the way. I'm all about this shorter season stuff. It's why we love college football because it's not drug out and it's not one of those everlasting relationships uh, that goes on and on like the Energizer Bunny. You think this is something they need to look at going forward with a shorter season? That way you get a little time to appreciate it, but yet miss it while it's gone? Yeah, you know, and I think it was such a strange deal, too, because you had so many sports kind of colliding at once. You know, you had the NBA going on. You had Major League Baseball. You know, you had uh, the NFL and college football all rushing in together. Um, you know, that's the one thing about baseball, certainly in the summer, they have the stage themselves. So, um, you know, that's been part of the allure. I know a lot of the traditionalists want the full 162, but I agree with you. You know, there, there is some thoughts about uh, some of the rule changes they did, you know, the seven inning double headers and, um, you know, certainly universal DH. There's things that they had an opportunity to play with. And I think, you know, the fans took to it pretty well. You know, guys that are, are our age certainly grew up with baseball and love it, but the younger generation doesn't love it as much. So looking forward to see what kind of changes they can do to grab those younger, uh, you know, younger people with shorter attention spans. 162 games is a long, long time, a long, long season, certainly a a tremendous marathon and uh, not sure why they stuck with that number, but it just kind of is what it is. And um, looking forward to seeing what Rob Manford and that, that uh, his brain trust does with baseball. But no, I, I give it a solid A for what they were able to pull off. And, you know, certainly we saw, a couple teams with the Marlins and Orioles very early uh, have some trouble uh, with the virus and manage that. But overall, I think, uh, you know, it, it, they pulled it off without a hitch and, you know, was uh, was one of the more impressive deals, uh, you know, kind of coming together. And, and we saw some, you know, some great skill level um, overall, great pitching, great hitting, uh, timely hitting and, and, and clutch performances. Certainly there are the Dodgers and, and even the Rays and their ALCS. Yeah, I agree with you. I give it an A as well. Now, the final thing, and this is a words of wisdom by our man, Ben Moore. Ben, you've been watching this season. It's been a very awkward season. I tell people as far as getting into colleges, especially Power Five, it's like going into Myrtle Beach on a beautiful July afternoon where every hotel is jam-packed, ready to rock out the night, but there is no rooms available. Well, that's kind of the story in college football right now because most of these young men will be coming back. There's not a, a, a charge to them on the season that is. What are some of the words of wisdom that you can give and some of the things that you've seen that you kind of cringe when it comes to some of the uh, guys that you've kind of seen in the world of recruiting, be it social media, be it wherever, but leave me something. Leave our guests, our listeners something uh, that they can hang their hat on when it comes down to improving tonight, going into social media, wherever it is, to getting what they need to get so that they can have, help themselves 
get to that next level? Yeah, the biggest thing is just the value of the relationships. You know, every single person you talk to, every single, um, you know, uh, communication that you have, whether it's a coach and, and you know, we, I think that there's a lot of folks who get kind of caught up in, you know, what, hey, I want to go Power 5 or I want to go FBS, I want to go D1, I want to go there. Uh, one of my best friends played basketball at the Division Two level, and he thought he was a Division One candidate, didn't really want to hear uh, Division Two. He actually went and signed with the Division Two school. Uh, it was the experience of his lifetime. You know, met his, uh, his, his future wife in college down there as well, and, and he'll tell you, you know, his eyes were certainly big as an 18-year-old, but you know, had that opportunity to go on there and make a life-changing decision. So, you know, I think ultimately, and as you mentioned, social media, it's so critical and so important. Just, you know, think about what you're putting out there publicly, you know, having that resume out there publicly. You know, coaches, I've talked to everyone from, you know, the Mountain West to the American Conference. You know, they immediately, they'll look at social media and see what, you know, you're liking, you know, seeing what you're retweeting, see what, you're putting out there as your image. And that's something that they have to go back to their bosses and say, hey, we're taking a kid and this is what he represents. Uh, fans immediately go and, and follow those kids as well. Uh, once they pop off and say they have an offer or say, that, hey, you know, they, they get a, a graphic created for them. Just be knowledgeable of what you know, you're putting out there publicly because ultimately is that, does that message match what your family you know, would, would want you to do? And I think that's the, the biggest thing that I can kind of drive home for some of these kids you know, just, uh, you know, the old Herm Edwards stuff. Sometimes it's, it's okay to just don't hit send. You know, it's like the, like the letter. You want to write it write it and throw it in the garbage can. It's the same thing with Twitter. And you may, may look at something and keep scrolling. Don't necessarily hit retweet there um, because it can convey certain messages that you, you just don't know what those fans may like or what that college coach may like. And then ultimately they just move on. Um, and, I, and I would continue to challenge folks to uh, continue to work no matter if games are continuing to go on or not. Um, there are scholarships available. They're out there. And I know there's a lot of college coaches right now uh, who are still scouring um, you know, the country looking, looking for those hidden gems because there may not be, as you mentioned, there may not be you know, dozens and dozens of scholarships available uh, with, with guys potentially having eligibility coming back. But we also don't know, you know, some of these guys that may not have opportunities in the NFL, they may want to go pro with something else. So there'll be opportunities available. And, and uh, as a guy who was a former walk-on, um, you know, if you can take that opportunity – to, uh, to, to walk on to college if you really, you know, have your shot and make it. I know the preferred walk-on route, there's going to be a ton of coaches, especially in this climate in 2021 and moving forward, that uh, may not have the room potentially. So if you have that opportunity, jump in there and uh, get that opportunity to, to make some money down the line. This year, Gene, I got one quick question. We'll let you roll, man. Uh, so guys using Twitter, I've heard a lot of uh... – both sides of the argument about putting out their film and putting out highlights. Uh, is it a good thing, bad thing, or it depends on the situation to uh, tag multiple schools or multiple coaches from different schools uh, in that tweet? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm kind of split on that. Um, you know, honestly, if you've had communication with that coach, I think it's definitely a good thing to get on the radar. You know, I, I'm one of those people who I like an individual email. I mean, all these emails are available uh, online. Just go to click to the, the, the college site and everyone you know usually has it at a dot edu um, you know name name last name at xyz school um, you know or, or even call the football office and say hey what's the best way to communicate find out who the recruiting coordinator is you know because that makes their job easier and now especially depending on what staff you're looking at you know, you're going to have coaches that they call social media looking for highlights that's all they do you know guys that I know you were familiar with these guys were familiar with and Daniel Wilcox. You know, guys, that's what he did basically his entire job. When he was in the office 10, 12, 15 hours a day, was just breaking down 
film, seeing if guys were recruitable or not. Um, you know, I, I do, you know, when it comes to film specifically too, don't just have, you know, I definitely have the, the highlights that pop up front. But, you know, if you're an offensive or defensive lineman, show the whole showcase. Don't just show power moves, for example. You want to see every single thing. You know, if you're, you're a skill position player, you want to be well-rounded. You want to show them, you know, every single step of the way, covering, you know, kicks, covering, um, you, know, you know, different positions, things like that, because guys want to see versatile athletes. You know, as I tell stories all the time, I've gone to camps and seen guys who would take reps at every single position, running back, wide receiver, DB, just to get, get a notice. Um, if you have game film out there, you know, put it on put it on your huddle. Make sure your coaches communicate that and say, "Hey, this kid's an athlete. He's a ball player." You know, don't don't necessarily pigeonhole yourself. Talked to a college coach two weeks ago. Hey, I may not have room for a defensive back, but this kid can come and be a kick returner potentially for us as an opportunity and got an offer. So, you know, it's it's, it's those situations you definitely don't want to limit yourself. Um, you know, if you do have that relationship, you know, I wouldn't say just continue to tag for every single coach. You know, if you don't have a communication or relationship with it. But, you know, an, an e- a one-on-one email, you know, hey, coach, you know, I'm interested in your program. Here, I want to share my film with you. Love to hear what from you. Give a communication. Just something simple there. You know, make sure you have somebody read it if you don't feel too, super comfortable with uh, with communicating with the college coach because you may only get one shot. You, you know, you get that email opened up. They look at it. Um, you know, if, if, it's a, if it's a hot mess, you know, they, they may just delete it. But um, a lot of times, too, they're going to click on that huddle link regardless just to see what you got, that 10 to 15, 18, 20-second shot. Um, you know, make it make it great film, regardless. Man, I tell you what, you're one of the best in the biz, man. And we're in Atlanta for the next uh, hour, by the way, because we got you, and then coming after you, Miss Kathy Reeves is coming up at the top of uh, the hour here in just a minute. And then, uh, Mister, uh, well, we call him Coach Watson, but it's Kenyatta Watson, of course. His uh, son is one of the big dogs over there at Texas, so he'll be joining us at seven thirty. So, whatever you guys are doing in Atlanta, we're listening, man, because it seems to be working. But uh, again. Thank you so much. Quick shout out for yourself and your team. How do they find you? How do they keep up with you? And what's happening over twenty four seven sports, buddy? Yeah, man. Ben more twenty four seven on Twitter. Come find me on the social media platforms. Twenty four seven is continuing to rock and roll. We we are in week nine, unbelievably. Week nine of college football. We also know uh, the recruiting window. Early signing day comes in the middle of December. We're about six weeks from that time frame, so we'll uh, we'll break it down. Uh, what schools you know ha- have holes to fill. Uh, what schools basically are kind of over the limit, and uh, some of my some of my uh, compatriots within the within 24/7 are saying this could be a decommit season like nobody else too. So there's going to be coaches and programs that may be scrambling and looking to see who stays, who goes, and uh, who's still available. No doubt, brother. God bless you, your family. Stay in touch. Let's look at Monday to see if Monday works for you to recap a lot of the great weekend, to talk about the big weekend. If not, we may be back here Thursday, but definitely on Wednesday. But you and I can uh, exchange some conversation or at least some text, buddy. But thank you again for hanging out here on Southern Sports Central, Ben. Sounds good, man. Y'all have a great one. Appreciate you having me. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to that. Ben Moore with 24-7 Sports does a great job. Another one, I say this young lady does an incredible job here in the great state of South Carolina. We're after 7 o'clock, so we got to go to a quick reset. Coming up after this break is Miss Kathy Reeves. She is with PD Sports Recruiters. Don't go anywhere. More football next.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelp alongside Eugene Bent. I want to thank our guest in the uh, hour one. That was Ben Moore, 24-7 Sports. Hung out with us for a little over 30 minutes there from Atlanta, Georgia. He covers for 24-7 Sports, Georgia State. We also had at the top of the hour one of our own right here on Southern Sports Central, the network, and that is Sports Unlimited's own, of course, uh, well, Brandon Biscobing. He's also the voice of uh, the Carolina Force Panthers, they will be hosting tomorrow night, kickoff at 7, 30 minutes early, 7 o'clock. They bring in the seventh-ranked team in the state of uh, 4A football. Buford will make that long trip north and play against a very good team. Should be a good matchup. Now, talking about a good matchup, this young lady does an incredible job. I know she's talked to one of the quarterbacks that I'm very familiar with and very close to his family. Of course, we'll talk about that as I welcome her in for the I think the second, maybe the third time, Miss Kathy Rees from PD Sports Recruiters. Miss Kathy, how's life in the ATL on your end? Life is wonderful in the ATL. It's a great day at Southern Sports Central. How are you doing? We are so blessed to have you part of our team. I got to tell you what, Eugene, uh, and I'm going to let Eugene kind of come in and out. He hasn't had a chance to, to have conversations with you as well, but I tell you what, the support and the love that you give us on social media is just incredible and well-respected. And, you know, I got to jump on uh, on there with you. You're also part of those guys who may are finding out for the first time. She's also part of our Blog Talk uh, family as well. So, uh, you know, we appreciate our connection. It's one big family moving in the right direction, doing it the right way. And that's why, Miss Kathy, I just appreciate Scott Durham, by the way, the Andrews Yellow Jacket head coach partner. <laughs> that's right. I was going to say the same thing. Well, you know, Scott Durham is the one who who reached out to me. Now, you know, I, um, you know, I uh, support a lot of the schools in South Carolina with uh, pre-game meals and post-game meals. And Andrews High School is one of the schools that I have been uh, supporting with uh, pre-game, post-game meals for the football team and recruiting, you know, over the years. And uh, Scott Durham is doing an awesome job with those Andrews Yellow Jackets. And uh, he's, you know, an awesome person. And he reached out to me one day. He says, you know, you know, you should reach out to Richie Allman. He said, have you ever heard of Richie Allman in Southern Sports Central? I said, well, no, I haven't. So he says, I'm going to, you know, introduce the two of you. And, you know, of course, the rest is history. But, right. you know, we certainly appreciate what you do on your end, uh, highlighting um, student athletes and, you know, the things that you're doing for, you know, the great state of South Carolina as well. I know that um, – Fort Dorchester High School has been very, um, you know, they have welcomed me and they've been very, um, very supportive. They've got a lot of talent over there, Richie. Yes, ma'am. And and thanks to you, I'm just going to say you're doing an awesome job because, you see, I recruit, I have so many kids in -hmm. so many states. I cover so many states. I have Georgia. Georgia, you know, is, is, you know, my client base. I have a lot of football. I do basketball. I'm doing, you know, volleyball recruits, swimming and diving. You know, I'm doing – so I'm all over the nation, not just South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. I have recruits in Texas. I have basketball recruits in Texas, football recruits in Texas, Arkansas, California, Kentucky, Indiana – and you do an awesome job of spotlighting the student athletes in South Carolina because I have to say, um, you know, I get, you know, a lot of criticism because, I'm, you know, I, I, they say that I don't 
focus on the kids in South Carolina. But, Richie, I try my best to cover, but it's so, Richie, it's so much talent. Oh, God, it's so many kids. <laughs> it is. And we are very blessed because each one of these young men, not just at Fort Dorchester, I mean, you know, I get a chance to do this on the uh, on the broadcast on a regular basis, and it is, it really is. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of conversation that gets to happen on and off airs, and that TV is, of course, tomorrow night I get to broadcast the game on uh, FD Sports TV. And, you know, it's like I tell people, not only do I cover, yeah, I am the voice of, of, of Fort. I get that part. But I also get to broadcast other families young men on the other side who may not live in Charleston, may not be at Wando High School tomorrow night. So for all those who may be a Wando High School football player, grandma might be live in Indiana. She might live in Iowa. She may live anywhere. She'll be able to watch tomorrow night, which I think is a great thing, not just listen to, you know, me for four hours. God bless her heart there. But she'll get a chance to watch her young, you know, grandson, if you will, or somebody's family member will watch that other family member ball out on Friday night. And again, you know, for us, you know, it is a blessing, you know, and I can't, I can't take all the credit, you know, Miss Kathy, I've got Eugene Benton, I've got Brandon Biscobing, I've got Everett Sands, you know, I've got a guy, you know, who, uh, he does great things on Friday with, with Brandon, you know, all that he does. Of course, I got Miss V, she's with the South Carolina High School Blitz that's out right now, uh, you know, because of a death in her family with her mom passing away. But then, you know, of course, we've got, you know, a guy that does, and, and I've partnered up with uh, Clinton Robinson and Boy Sports out of the northern part. He's here in South Carolina, but I brought him in because we opened our doors now to the youth. We get it. We understand it, that that pipeline starts at 8U, 10U, and 12U. So we now have a show dedicated just to those guys and what you guys would call Pop Warner football. Right. That's what it's called. That is exactly what it's called, Pop Warner football. And, and and you know and you're right. It's it's you catch them early, you know, and and train them early, so they will be you know will, they will be conditioned. You know, they have that mindset, you know, to compete and things like that. But yeah, you're doing an awesome job with the high school blitz now. Is that a new organization, High School Blitz? Is that I, new? I, kids been around a little I while. Think. I think the momentum has really started okay. to pick up. You know, uh, okay. they, we we partnered up. You know, we do what they do. Uh, for the most part, you know, they don't do the radio. We bring the audio part to the table. They bring some of the other things to the table, which makes us that perfect matchup here in the state of South Carolina. But they are to the upstate what we are to the lower state. Mrs. V lives in the middle of the state. So as you see that one, two, three punch that we're able to kind of knock it all out at one. And then I got other guys and girls around the state that kind of fill us in. And then you, you might be in Atlanta, but you're in South Carolina as much. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, again, it's, it's a team effort. It takes a village to do what we do and uh, the blitz. Yeah. They've been around for a few good years. They've uh, really got a lot of momentum going. We're actually going to be doing, which I'm glad you brought that up. We're going to be doing here very soon. The junior bowl. I'm sure you've seen a lot of energy on that one as well as uh, that one will be coming up in December. I got to get you a pass to get in there so that you can see some of our okay, that'd be great. best players. It'll be 44 from the upstate versus 44 from the lower state. There is no Shrine Bowl. There is no, of course, uh, North-South game. And those are juniors, by the way. Then we're going to have a Senior Bowl January the 2nd. It looks like it's going to be down here in the Low Country. I'll also get you a pass to that. And that's going to be the only Senior Bowl in the state of South Carolina, the best 44 in the upstate versus the best 44 in the lower state. And, uh, it, again, it would be another opportunity for you to help do what you do. And I'd like you to kind of maybe that's tell everybody, who's, you know, what, what do you do, Miss Kathy? I'm aware of it. 
a lot of parents that are listening are aware of what you do, but I'm going to give you the mic for a good 10 minutes and let you kind of break down your process and all that you bring to the table to these parents and their athletes. Well, absolutely, and I, you know, be always honored to talk about, you know, the recruiting process. Uh, well, PD Sports Recruiters is an end-to-end athlete recruiting service. You know, we provide um, parents, student athletes, and college coaches. We bring those two entities together, right? So, you know, how do we go about doing that? Well, we interview the parents. We, you know, work with um, Southern Sports Central, you know, different uh, recruiting services, organizations that highlight the kids to bring the kids to us for recruiting. And then we, you know, vet the student. We, you know, do an intake assessment. We make sure that the students are in a position to receive a scholarship. Now, what does that mean? So, um, your first guest that you had on did an excellent job. Uh, ben Moore, he did an awesome job when he was, you know, talking about, um, you know, social media media uh, in recruiting and, you know, tagging film and things of that nature. But because of the volume of student athletes that are currently looking for opportunities, you know, sometimes it's very difficult for all the college coaches, you know, to hit all the kids and hit all the areas. You know, as um, as Ben was saying, you know, it, it's the the market is so broad, and sometimes you know, colleges college coaches are looking for, you know, that diamond in the rough, right? Now, of course, if you're fortunate enough, right, to be on the ESPN you know, top 300 list. Now, you know, we, 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 that's a wonderful thing. We're going to say congratulations to you, but we, we're not pursuing kids who already have offers who are already on the radar, right? We're looking for the under-recruited, the under-kids that are not on the radar. We call them the unsung athlete, right? Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that... Um, your student athlete is not talented, that is absolutely not what what it means. But sometimes some student athletes need, you know, a little bit of help to get that exposure that they need. Now, a lot of our customers, a lot of people say, oh, well, you're like NCSA. Our competitors are NCSA. However, um, to to talk about the different business models that we have, our business model is a little different from NCSA's business model. In the CSA, while it is a great um, scouting service, um, their business model or their business platform is designed to provide the parents the tools that are necessary to get a college scholarship for their student, for their student athlete. NCSA does not do any recruiting. They just provide the platform. They do not, um, you know, the parents have to upload uh, all the student athlete information. The parents have to create a profile with NCSA. You know, the parents have to make all communication with the college coaches. NCSA does not, you know, provide any of that service. Right, 
they mainly service, you know, colleges and universities on that end. But from a parent and a student athlete's perspective, their business model, you know, is not designed to get the child the scholarship. It just provides a platform. Whereas our business model is designed to get student athletes a scholarship. We reach out to the coaches. Right. We do initial consultations. We do intake assessments. We provide the college recruiting report, CCR. So we're able to um, vet the student. When we say vet the student, meaning that um, we we do SATs, we check the SAT, the GPA, and we make sure that the student is in a position to receive the scholarship. We make sure that they are qualifiers. If they're not qualifiers by the NCAA or the NAIA standards, then we explain all that information to the parents, right? Because this is very overwhelming. You know, recruiting, a lot of parents say, well, you know, why do we need to invest in services to recruit our child? You know, the college coach does that. And that's a very, very, very important question. But the college coach is not responsible for getting a student a scholarship. That is the parent responsibility. It is not the coach's responsibility. It is very nice of the coaches to assist in that process. And there are a lot of high school coaches that assist in their in that process, but it's not the coach's job to find scholarship opportunities for any student athlete because what the parents don't understand is coaches are also teachers as well, and coaching is only for that season once the coaching once the season is over, you know that stipend or that you know that that supplemental you know, position is gone, and then the the coaches are, you know, back to the full time of you know the NDP teacher or the social studies teacher or, you know, their certified teaching role. So it is very important that if a parent does not understand how or all the different facets of how to get their student athletes a scholarship then, you know, they would have to, you know, invest in those different services to be able to find scholarship money. And that's, you know, the value that we add, you know, to the parent and to the student athlete and to the college coaches. I love it. As we're getting you educated right here on Southern Score Central with one of the best in the biz. Of course, that is Miss Kathy Reeves in the Atlanta area, but she spends – just as much time in the Palmetto State across the upstate to the lower state and hits every school in between. I hope she gets paid by the mile because she puts a lot of them on her car, truck, or automotive as she goes across to help educate not only the player, but the parent. I think that's just as important as she is with PD Sports Recruiters, getting us all the updates that we can now. When you talk to parents, and I think that you brought up a good point, and I say this all the time, a lot of parents – you know, you ask me the question, whose job is it to recruit your son? Well, at the end of the day, the man that can do the most is the man that wants to be recruited, and that's the athlete. He's got to put in the work. 
He's got to answer emails. He's got to respond if he doesn't know he's got to ask. And without being asked the question, you'll never get the answer. And I think that's one thing that I see, Miss Kathy. What are some of the things that you've seen? It's a weird season. You heard me talking just moments ago to Ben Moore. But answer this for me. What are some of the biggest hiccups, heavy-hitting questions that you see from – I know you spoke to a parent just recently uh, over uh-huh. there at court, right? And One of the things I know that, that, that you have is, number one, that parent individually, I can tell you, is very, very much in the know of how to handle business, but willing to listen to opportunity. And I know you gave her a lot of heavy information, but – Give us a breakdown for the parents who are saying, look, what w- what can we do? What are we doing? And, and should you put all of that emphasis on a head football coach of high school? Well, absolutely not. And, again, I'm going to say it is not the coach's responsibility to get your child a scholarship. You know, a coach is a teacher, and that's just like, you know, very smart students who – are, you know, four-point scholars, you know, their English teacher is not going to get on the phone and say, hey, I have students in my class that are 4.0, you know, scholars. Uh, They're looking for scholarships. Do you have any? It's not the coach's responsibility. And, you know, the, the biggest questions or the biggest, you know, misconception that parents have is that their child is the only one who has a need. That is the biggest, you know, conception and the biggest hurdle that we, that, we, uh, that we face. You know, it's hard to get the parents to understand that it is a process, and, Richie, it doesn't, the process does not start in their senior year because a lot of times by then it's too late mm-hmm. because the, NCAA, the NCAA process is, is step by step. So, you have to be a qualifier in order to be eligible to play for a, you know, Power 5, Division 1, FCS, FES, any Division 1, Division 2, you have to be certified by the NCAA. You have to be awarded a certificate of amateurism. So a lot of parents say, well, what, what is that? What does that mean? A certificate of amateurism means that The NCAA, your child has met the NCAA or the NAIA requirements to be able to play for the school. So you can't just just apply to the school and and expect that you're going to expect that you're going to be on the on the actual. Those days are long gone. That that is no more. And just because you're receiving a lot of letters from the admissions office, that also does not necessarily mean that a college is interested in you being a part of their athletic program. And that is the biggest misconception that a lot of parents and a lot of student athletes have. And it's very hard explaining, you know, the process to, to the parents. The students get it, but the parents, sometimes they struggle. Right. And also, you know, we have to put in their mind that if it's something that you can't do, if it's something that you can't do for your child, if you're not educated, 
and how the recruiting process works, then you have to invest in those services. That's just like when you are, um, when, you know, when, when you are not feeling well. I say, parents, okay. So, when you when you need an attorney, when you have to go to court, you don't go in and you represent yourself. You hire an attorney, someone who is, you know, a specialist in that area. You know, so when you need, you know, legal services, you you seek a specialist. That would be an attorney. When you need medical treatment, you go to the doctor, you seek a specialist. So if you're not in a position to recruit your child or you don't know how, then you have to seek a recruiting specialist because, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know it's, it's steps. You know, it's different things that you have to do. It's a lot of moving targets. You know, it's, it's just a lot of education. For example, a lot of students say, well, I don't want to play right away. I'm going to go to a junior college. I'm going to go to a two-year school, and I'm going to work on my uh, GPA, but I'm not going to play ball. So guess what? You have five years of eligibility to play for. Right, so your eligibility clock starts ticking the minute you are enrolled in twelve semester hours. Whether you're playing or not has nothing to do with it. So if you spend two years at a junior college and you don't play, you have lost two years of eligibility. Hmm. So when you transfer and you want to decide that you want to play a sport at that four-year university, you only have two years left. And that is the biggest, you know, mistake that kids make, that parents don't know. They don't know these things. You know, there are certain classes, the core courses, that you have to take. There's an NCAA high school website. It's a high school portal that's out there that tells you the classes that the NCAA will accept. So if you're taking these classes and they're not NCAA approved in high school, then they're not going to clear you, right? You're not going to get a certificate of, you're not going to get a certificate of, of amateurism. So you can be offered, you can get 30 offers, but if you're not a qualifier, you're not in a position to receive this money. You can't sit at the NLI table, the National Letter of Intent. You can't sit at the table. It's not about the number of offers that you receive. It's sitting at the table. The National Letter of Intent is the scholarship money. So the the individuals who are signing on signing day, those are the bona fide offers that have, you know, matriculated into signing money. So when you see these kids, there are so many of them, like you said, they're tagging these college coaches. They're sending their huddle film. We get about 700 a day. We receive about 700 huddle a day. And over 90% of the huddles that we receive, the students, they have, no, they have no idea about the clearinghouse. You ask them, are you in the clearinghouse? And they say, what is that? 
Mm. So that's the answer. <laughs> mm. But you have all these offers at these Division One schools, but an offer is not a promise. You know, an offer is not a promise. You know, college coaches, you know, they offer the kids. They have so many offers. They have kids that are on the D1 board. They have, you know, the first round of kids, and they have the second round of kids on the D1 board. So they make offers to different students, student athletes in different states, because a lot of college coaches, they already know that a lot of the kids that they're offering are not qualifiers and that they're not going to be at the signing table. So when you when we see on social media, you know, all these students retweeting, you know, I got offer, my second offer, my third offer, my fourth, fifth, and sixth offer. Yeah, you can be offered just because you're offered. That doesn't mean you are a qualifier. That just means that the coaches are saying, look, we're interested in you, and we're interested in bringing you on our campus. But you, there's a caveat. There are a list of things that are associated with being, you know, with completing that offer and getting a national letter of intent. First of all, you have to graduate from high school. You have to graduate with a certain core GPA. You have to have a certain test score. And so those are the three things. And then you have to get accepted in the college. So, yes, we see student athletes, you know, tweeting out offers, but those those offers are not promises. Kids are, you know, posting that they're committed doesn't mean a thing. A verbal commitment doesn't mean a thing. It's just, just saying I want to go play there. Because if you are not a qualifier, you're not in the NCAA clearinghouse, you're not a partial qualifier. You have to graduate from high school. You have to have certain core courses. So that offer has a lot of contingencies down below at the bottom. You know, you know when you say, Richie, read the fine print. Mm-hmm. <laughs> read the fine print. Read, read the fine, fine print. print. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, and I've got to be honest with you, Ms. Kathy, as we're live, by the way, guys, with Ms. Kathy Reeves. She is with PD Sports Recruiting. She is here for your I got to tell you, for your advantage here, because there's so many kids who don't even understand a publishing what, a clearing what, what what has to happen here. You have to be where you got to be to be ready to go when they call your number. If you don't do absolutely the, the free stuff, then it don't matter if you do any That's of this right. stuff. Right? I mean, exactly. how many times does that happen, right? It happens so many times, and they say, can you help me get in the clearing house? Listen to me very carefully. That's why you don't understand the process. That's why you need a specialist. I say, no, son, I can't help you get in the clearinghouse. Or no, daughter, I can't help you get in the clearinghouse. Because if I help you get in the clearinghouse, you will be automatically deemed ineligible. Amen. Your, college, your high school coach cannot do that for you. Now, they can show you how to get on. But they cannot sit there, only the student athlete and the parent, those are the only two people are the guardian, whoever the guardian is. But can you do this for me? Mm -mm. No, son, I can't. Mm -mm. No, daughter, I can't. I can't do this. And at the end of the day, you wouldn't be, even if you could, I wouldn't do it anyways because you're not teaching me. I would not do that. (laughs) No, I, I I, I don't. 
because you know again we had a lot of parents think that it's you know you their child is the only one they're the only one you're not the only one when you get off to college you will see other talent you know there will be kids from all over and then you will be you know you'll be playing up against that talent but no no I don't do any clearinghouse processes for any student athletes that it's an NCAA violation direct yeah, you're exactly right. Ms. Kathy, unfortunately, we're up against the break now. Uh, I'm going to get with you off the air to okay. set up a time because I want to not only have you on this show, I want to pour you into other shows that we do. One is in Friday morning show with uh, the gentleman I just told you about, Mr. Brandon Biscobing. He does Sports Unlimited here on Southern Sports Central. He's up on the awesome. Grand Strand side of life. I think the more opportunities that we give you a voice, the more ears that will hear what you need to say. And I think it's a very important message that you bring. So I do want to uh, quickly give us a, give yourself a plug. How do they find you? How do they follow you? And uh, when can they hear your podcast and, and your live broadcast over there at Blog Talk Radio? Absolutely. We're on Blog Talk Radio Monday through Fridays at, from, at 6 o'clock p.m. We are on Twitter at I am Kathy Reeves and also athlete underscore recruit. We are right there if you need to reach out for us. We have our website is tvsportsnation.com. You can um, click on that. It reaches there. Uh, and uh, we're always available on Twitter. We're active, you know, 24-7 there. So if you're in need of any recruiting services, please do not hesitate to reach out. Always a pleasure. Ms. Kathy, God bless you. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. I'll talk to you much Thank sooner. Thank you. Again. Sounds great. You guys have a good evening. There you go, appreciate ladies and gentlemen. And appreciate and everything every that you do for high school sports. Hey, thank you back at you. As we now say so long farewell to Miss Kathy, but we're not leaving Atlanta yet. We got one more, and I got to be honest with you. This dude looks like he can ball out right now. I would put him on my pick 11 if I had to pick up a football team. Coach Watson definitely gets the nod because not only can he coach him up, looks like he can still play him up. We're heading right to his backyard, right out of this, guys. Don't go anywhere. Some more of that Southern Sports Central coming right out of this. everybody short break because we got a lot going on here the house is full the guest list is wide open and we are excited to get in here for the first time and god i hope for many times coach watson is now joining us from uh, grayson georgia it's got to be somewhere in the vicinity i hope of atlanta coach uh with that being said i know you do a lot of things as a college recruiting consultant you work with the guys in infinity where we met you guys in atlanta if i'm not mistaken for the first time a couple months ago and, uh, man, we're just so excited to have you part of our show tonight, Coach. It's absolutely my pleasure to be a part of this. Looking Totally looking forward to it. Man, I got to tell you, man, before we start talking about this unsigned senior and prep school showcase, that's going to be happening, by the way, December the 6th, 12 to 5. The location is over there in uh, Johns Creek, Georgia. That's uh, – Say that with me real quick, Coach. I know it's a Christian school over there. What's the name of that school? Mount, Mount, Mount Pisgah. 
not Pisgah. Gotcha. Nope. I want to make sure I get nope. that name right. All right, so before we get into that, Coach, uh, you do a lot of great things. And, and, again, watching you really coach up these guys, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, you know, you looked at these dudes, and, and, and when we were just outside of Atlanta about two months ago, said, look, you don't have to be here. You can leave right now. We'll give you your money back and everything, but don't waste my time. And by that, don't waste your own time. Come and tell me a little bit. This off season was a different season, Coach. For the first time, you guys were the ins and outs over an infinity of working one-on-one. And, of course, I know you do some things outside of that as well, Coach. So, with all that being said, kind of give me your thoughts of an unprecedented, un well, I, I think unseen uh, path that we just had to deal with in the summertime where these guys had no connection to their high school teams at all. Well, it, it's been really tough. Um, it, I, as you said, it's been unprecedented times, and you know uh, there was no, 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 you know, no playbook, no guidelines to how to deal with you know recruiting during a pandemic. Um, and you know, you saw a lot of kids, and you're still seeing a lot of kids kind of they're struggling because of you know this whole pandemic with the dead period, with the college coaches not allowed to come out and see the kids at their high schools, with the kids not allowed to go on visits. I mean, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, you're looking for kids that are committing to colleges and, and they, they haven't stepped foot, you know, on the, the campuses this year. Um, you know, I'm to, you know, everything that's going on. And I say that because um, I've kind of always had the mindset of in anything that you're doing, you got to kind of be, you got to think the worst. I'll give you an example of that. Um, my son and, and a bunch of young men that I helped over at Grayson High School, by the time they were sophomores, we had visited 34 schools. So let's say this pandemic had happened then, you know, would it have affected them? Yeah, but we've already been there. And that's been my message to parents. It's never too early to step foot on a college campus. It's never too early to get out and visit and kind of get an idea to see, you know, um, the things that you want to see. Because at the end of the day, the whole recruiting process is a relational business, and I don't care what happens. If you have a relationship, that goes a long way. Live right now, checking in with uh, Coach Kenyatta Watts, and he is one of the best in the business. And he, by the way, has got a, uh, a young man that's playing at the next level, one of the highest levels in uh, college football. We'll talk about that with him here on the broadcast tonight as well. But, uh, Coach, you touched on something, and I saved this for you when it was brought up earlier by Ben Moore from 24-7 Sports. Six weeks about that, we're going to be hearing commitments come across the board. I do think there's going to be a school called Decommitment U. I think there's going to be some school that's just going to be blindsided by decommitments, and there's going to be some school that's going to be Commitment U. It's just going to be the most unrealistic probably storyline that we never saw coming. Now, with that being said, in six weeks, they're going to sign on the line, but they won't even have conversations as of a dead period. That's uh, is it still the 1st of January? Is that right? That's, that's what they say, but I'm te- I've, I've been telling everybody this. I've been kind of warning people that dead period, I think it's going to be extended. Say that. Right. Okay. So it's the dead period is supposed to end January 1st. Okay. How can that happen? when you're going to still have teams preparing for the college football playoffs. So let's say Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia or Alabama, Oregon, whoever, four teams that are getting ready for the college football playoffs. Do you think it's fair that other teams in their conferences will be allowed to have kids on campus and they can't? 
Absolutely not. So that's why I believe that the dead period will be extended to at least February 1st. Okay. Um, and, and back to answer your question about the decommitment piece, I don't, I'm not sure if that's going to happen this year. And I'll tell you why. Because you, a lot of kids, you decommit, but what do you have to commit to? And here's why I say that. If you notice, the NCAA came out and gave every school, every player at every school, another year of eligibility, okay? They didn't do is come out and extend that scholarship limit. So right now the scholarship limit is 85, okay? You add 25 scholarships to that, that's 110. They have yet to come out and extend that. So I think that you're not going to see the decommitment thing like we think because of that reason, because kids – are kind of in a holding pattern right now. Okay, if you decommit and the NCAA comes out and says, okay, we're only going to extend it to 95, what happens? You, you have nothing now. So that's why I think guys that are committed are going to kind of stay committed and roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah, you know, and you bring up a good point because we've seen kids probably commit earlier this year than we have in the past. J.J. Jones, one of the wide receivers from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, over at the Seahawks, he committed pretty quick over there to the Tar Heels where people thought at one time he had even posted he wasn't going to possibly do it until August. But here's the thought process, uh, Coach. You start to think about there aren't many offers, so if they give you one, I don't care at what level. You need to honestly think, can you live there? Can you plant your feet there? And can you grow there? If so, you better pull that thing in and go on about your business, huh, Coach? Absolutely, and I agree with you 1,000%. Like I tell kids all the time, once the vanity is removed from recruiting, kids make good, sound decisions. And I'm going to say that again. Once the vanity is removed from recruiting, kids then make sound decisions. And what I mean by that is, you know, as parents, you know, we get caught up in, oh, Alabama, Clemson, Texas, uh, Ohio State, all of these big-time schools, and it really might not be the best fit for your kids. Okay, App State, Memphis, Georgia Southern, some of these schools probably is a better fit. And I don't care what anybody says, you can go to these big schools, and when your kid is not playing, they're not happy. Okay, Mm. and when they're not happy, they're not performing well in the classroom. They're not performing well in the classroom, we know what happens next. So, like you said, if you find something that you like and it's a fit and the roster fits, I think it behooves kids and parents to go ahead and make that decision and guess what? If you ball out at that smaller school, you can always transfer up. NCAA come January, they're, 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 they're giving this one-time transfer rule where nobody has to sit out. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to open Pandora's box for a lot of situations. But, you know, it, it, it's an unprecedented times, and when, when there's unprecedented times, unprecedented things happen. I totally agree with you as we're live right now, checking in with one of the best in the business. Coach Kenyatta Watson checks in here with us. Of course, you can find him on multiple things. One, college recruiting consultant. We're going to talk more about that here as we get in. He's part of the team over there with Infinity Football. I had a chance to work with him as uh, we follow Infinity around the uh, at least the Carolinas into Georgia when they're doing some events. And we're looking forward to being in Charlotte with you guys uh, here in about December, I believe. Hopefully you'll make that trip over there, Coach. Uh, that being said, recruiting, man, oh, man, is this a tough season by all means. It's almost like going into uh, Christmas knowing that your budget's extremely small, but you got to buy something. Man, you got to get something. Right. You sure put <laughs> a lot of work and a lot of hours at the job. 
That's what these athletes in high school feel like, Coach. They feel like they've put a lot of hours, energy. It ain't their fault that they got, you know, stubbed by, uh, you know, uh, old boy with uh, that, that didn't want to give them the bonus. That old boy would be, of course, the colleges that don't have them to give it to them. How in the right. world do you separate yourself, Coach? I think social media is one of those ones. And I want to ask you this because you're coming from this is very close to your home. A, a parent right. on social media, is it true or is it not true that he can all but help motivate a coach not to look your way when he's on social media posting things that are inappropriate, even though it's not the son, but it's a family member like a father or a mother? Absolutely. So one of the, the funniest things is when parents are running their kids' social media. I tell people this all the time. You know, we know kids don't use, you know, punctuation. Most of the time when they're typing, they're just typing what they think and words aren't spelled right and they use a, a hundred different types of emojis to describe how they're feeling. And that stuff is, that stuff is definitely a turnoff. But you're absolutely right. You know, you have parents. Again, like I said, the, the whole vanity of recruiting, it starts at home. It starts at home. Once parents are able to sit down and kind of explain to the kids that, hey, this is, this is a – I made a post today, and I said this is a – recruiting is a business proposition. Once you're able to understand that and what that means and explain it to your kid, it will help settle down this whole process and make it so much easier. But you're absolutely right. Some things that parents are posting and the kids are, you know, or, 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 or posting from the kid's account, liking, retweeting, it has definitely caused, I've seen it firsthand, caused kids scholarship opportunities. Wow. Yeah, and that's my biggest thing. And even some profanity, even liking some videos, sharing some videos, because if, if, if again, I shared this with Eugene earlier today. I said, right now, this is probably a buyer's market, right? And the buyers are the college coaches. The sellers are the athletes, right? And so we're in a buyer's market. They got way too many houses to, to have to pay a whole lot of money when they can go down here and get somebody else. And I mean, I'm not just talking about Power 5, Coach. I'm talking about, you know, the NAIAs. I'm talking to the JUCOs. I'm even talking, of course, about those of uh, HBCUs right now who are probably going to make a really big move with a lot of really big athletes this year uh, with everything yep. going on overall. Right, Coach? Well, here, here's the thing. Like, I explained this to uh, – I was talking to a parent the other day. And so I'm going to ask you this. Who's your favorite college football team? Mine's the Gamecocks. I, I struggle with that, but I am a Gamecock. <laughs> okay. So when was the last time South Carolina had a quarterback drafted in the first round? Uh, oh, well, it's been – I don't long know if ever. Right? Yeah. All right. right. Long, long time. So right. we go up and down. We, we look at Florida State. We can look at Texas. We can look at, you know, all of these big-time Power 5 schools. North Dakota State is about to have their second quarterback drafted in the first round in the last five years. I'm going to say this again. North Dakota State is about to have their second quarterback drafted in the first round. Not Florida State, not Texas, none of these big time, not Southern Cal, not Florida, not Auburn. So the point that I'm making is if you're good enough to play at that next level, they will find you. Every year you notice the number of D2 and D3 and 1AA guys that are playing in the NFL is increasing. Just because you play at that level does not mean that you cannot play, okay? And, and, and at the end of the day, the NFL scouting department is so good, they're going to find you. And so at the end of the day, you have to find what fits and what works for you. And you're right. You're about to see a lot of 
FCS, D2, HBCU programs really start to ascend because of this pandemic, whereas a lot of kids that normally would get a look are going to fall through the cracks, and it always impacts the next level down. So the Power 5 kids are going to fall to G5. The G5 kids are going to fall to FCS. FCS kids are going to fall to D2. And it, it makes for a better quality of football. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think you see that. I mean, I remember, was it last year, UNC Charlotte? I mean, you got to be kidding me. I remember when Coastal, hey, the Shauna Clears had a quarterback that got drafted. You would have thought, man, that the lottery was won for everybody in the state of South Carolina. <laughs> Since then, you know, they've continued to put a lot of dogs on that field because I tell this to kids all the time. Everybody wants to be the big dog until you go to the big pen and you can't live up to that big hype, and then you don't get on the field, and guess what? You might as well go find an instrument or just go be a fan because you never get drafted, unless you're at Southern Cal, by the way, and I've seen that happen. You don't get drafted standing on the sideline, Coach. Correct. No, you don't. And so, again, that's why I tell you know kids all the time, make sure that you're, you're studying and you're looking at those rosters and, and – when you're choosing these schools, you know you get a you, you're going to get an opportunity to get a chance, and you know a, a lot goes into it. You know, um, you know I I can't stress the, the the business aspect of this recruiting, and it's not fair, you know, to a lot of kids and a lot of families. But it, that's what it is. It's a seven billion dollar um, industry. Um, you have coaches that jobs are on the line, and and a lot of programs are really run by boosters and and and, and alumni. It, it it sounds crazy, but it happens. And you got to make sure that you're getting yourself in a good situation where you're going to be successful. But most importantly, getting that degree. I know we talk a lot about the next level, but at the end of the day, everybody can't play at the next level. But, every, but you have an opportunity to get a degree, you know, you can still have a really good life. And those are some of the things that I try to stress all the time to kids and parents. Yeah, and I got to tell you, before we talk about one kid that I think you know pretty well, we're going to head to the state of Texas and talk some Texas football. But before we do that, Coach, we had a good friend of yours and mine on the show with us multiple times, and that's Coach Wilcox. You know, he's, uh, he's done some big things. He was a captain over there, of course, with the Baltimore Ravens. He played for Tampa. Baltimore Ravens, uh, yep. You know, he, yep, he did a lot of things. He did, he did good with Georgia Military College because that's where I think he knew yep. he needed to go, and then he went to App State. He didn't go to Alabama. He didn't go to Georgia, Georgia Tech. No, he grew where he knew he needed to be planted at, and he said this on this same show a few months ago. He said, guys, when you take that offer, you take that opportunity, when you make that trip, look in the area that you're going to college and ask yourself the question, can I live here when I'm done with college? Because this community – this community right here, they're going to know you better than anybody else because you'll be a household name because you're a football player. We'll give you a job. So you want to pick a school that right. you can actually live in when you're done. Coach, your thoughts of a statement like that, I think that's a home run. I th- I, so I, I tell a lot of kids all the time, hey, you know, make sure we, 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 when picking a school, try to pick somewhere that's close to a, a major market because, like you mm. said, there's going to be internship opportunities. There's going to be, you know, a lot of work opportunities after football is over with. And make sure that you're networking. Make sure that, you know, you're out shaking hands, meeting people, collecting business cards, doing everything that you can to, to promote your own brand because football ends for all of us. You know, I'm, I'm 46. Uh, I, I still – I probably have one hitch route left in me. Um, and I would do anything just to line up one more time. But I can't – but, you know – I try to stay connected to the game by helping so many young men, you know, with this recruiting process. Now, Coach, you've had some uh, in-house opportunities to, to be a father, to be a coach, to be the mentor, to be all the things that we've talked about to all those that we have talked to. 
kind of tell us a little bit about some of those uh, that you've had the chance with your son, because I know he's balling out, doing big things. Uh, talk to us a little about him, his process. And, and for those who are, who've never heard, maybe, and I'm sure ain't many, by the way, they were all excited you were coming in here tonight. Uh, introduce your son to us and where he's playing college ball. So my son is uh, Kenyatta Watson. KJ is what we call him. He was a four-star recruit, number 10 cornerback in the country out of um, Grayson High School. Um, he signed with the University of Texas, um, and he has since – he's transferring. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's going to Georgia Tech now. Um, right. And, you know, dealing with this firsthand as a parent, you know, <laughs> the, the, the advice that I have to every parent is this, man. Just you have to make sure that you're doing what's best for your kid. He, um, you know, the pandemic pretty much is, is the reason why he he wanted to come back closer to home. We had two immediate family members in our household that tested positive for COVID, and it really took a toll on him being that far away from home. Like it was bad, and um, you know, it was nothing against the University of Texas. They're, they're obviously historically great program, great people there. They treated us well. Um, when he decided to leave, everybody was obviously sad, but, you know, spoke very well of him going to, you know, his next school. So, you know, it, it, it worked out, you know, it worked out really well for us. Now, when you look at a guy like that, and, and the reason I brought that up, Coach, because I knew that he was coming back uh, back home, as he would say, right? He's coming back home. And that's a process, cool. too, Coach, that, that is not a lot of people get a chance to hear from another. You know, that's the thing. You don't know until you know. And there's a lot of single moms out here cool. that are going to have athletes going on. And that's why when God gave me this platform, and you and I talked about this at that camp there outside of Atlanta that, that day back in July, I said, look, I just need guys like you with voices like you so that I can put you in an ear's reach of some mom or dad that they've never played sports. Matter of fact, sports is kind of a foreign language to them, but we've got to educate them because they've got a six foot nine offensive lineman. That's only a sophomore at 320 pounds. We already know this kid's going somewhere, but so they don't get taken advantage of. We bring guys like you in here that have that experience, not only from the play in time to the coaching side, but also you come in as a father, which I think is even better as that trifecta. Oh, here, here's one of the biggest things that, and, and I've been really – this has been on my heart for the last few days. Um, you know, one of the things that we miss um, as parents is, is, you know, the emotional side of these young men playing major college football. It's a grind. It's a stressor. It's a lot of pressure. And a lot of times these kids are not – they don't have outlets. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, in, specifically in the African-American community, when you speak about going to see a therapist, it's looked upon as a taboo um, or, or you're weak or you're complaining. So you see a lot of young men that are going through a lot on these college campuses that don't get an opportunity to really express or talk or they don't have the opportunity to get out of that situation because they don't have a good home to go back to, you know, meaning, you know, a lot of their families are expecting them to make it. And if they, they decide they don't want to be at this big powerhouse school anymore, they're looked upon as a failure or a quitter. And so right now I'm working on some things to kind of be that voice to let, you know, these kids know that, no, that's not the case. It's okay. Therapy is there for a reason. You have people that you can talk to that will help you through these different situations. And, I mean, you'll be surprised at the amount of – I have, I, have a, I started this youth program called the Gwinnett Chargers back in 2010. 
27 of my 28 young men that played on that team are playing college football. And I'm talking about some major guys. Andrew wow. Booth at Clemson. My son was at Texas. Owen Papo was at Auburn. Um, Ja'Kai Clark is at Miami. Wanye Morris is at Tennessee. Jeremiah Smith at Georgia Tech. Uh, Adrian, I mean, Zach Ranson's at uh, Wake Forest. I mean, kids at Louisville, kids at Vanderbilt. I mean, the list goes on on how many kids that I have playing college football right now. And the biggest thing that I try to provide to them always is an outlet. You know, it's, I don't talk to them about football. How you doing? How's your day going? How you feeling? Because they're dealing with so much that goes on. And I don't think a lot of these colleges and universities have outlets for these kids from a sports psychologist standpoint, that these kids have people that they can go talk to and they can feel, you know, uh, confidence in speaking with. A lot of these kids are injured and they feel like they got to play through these injuries and different things like that. And like the time we're in with COVID, okay, we hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, COVID might potentially have this long-term effect on a kid's body. But what about the kid getting, you know, cortisone shots just to play? What about uh, taking the, the, the naproxen and, and meloxicam and different things that they take to help them get through just a practice. What about the long-term effects of those things? Nobody talks about that with these kids. So I'm trying to provide a platform where, you know, I got a, 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 um, Dr. Rose Franklin. She's a sports psychologist. We all come together, create this, 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 this uh, platform for kids where they feel that it's okay to talk. We explain to them it's okay to talk about how you're feeling what's going on, you know, speak, talk, communicate, and it will help you so much along the way. Man, I got to tell you what, Coach, and anything you need, any voice that you need to be heard through, however, I want to give you this opportunity to do that right here on Southern Sports Central. You and I can definitely talk about maybe putting together a show, maybe giving you two, three hours once a week, and you guys putting something together, and then you bringing in some guests. I think that's a great idea. I don't think you can get enough of that, and I agree with you. I think men, you know, in in multiple areas, but in certain neighborhoods, you and I understand with African-American men, you know, they are taught to be strong, to be quiet, and to do what needs to be done, right? I mean, I was, uh, you know, I grew up in in a community where I I was told, hey, differently. If you got a problem, talk about it. Get it out. My friends that I played football with on Friday nights, I seen all but his hand hanging off his wrist, and he looked at me and said, "That's what God made tape for." I said, "Well, first of all, God didn't make tape. Right. <laughs> Second of all, that ain't gonna work." <laughs> but that's a culture. Right. That goes back to culture. So right. I do agree with you, and and my heart goes out to to anybody who does it. And again, I, I'm at football fields four, five, six days a week. Uh, Coach Watson, and again, I, I want to you know definitely make sure that we connect again off the air because I think you're on to something. You know, we're very blessed on Tuesdays. We have Everett Sands. I'm sure you've either heard him or know yep. him. Coach Sands, of course, uh, big-time running back for the Gamecocks. Uh, Coach, he ran the ball for the Citadel. He's done multiple things at multiple places, but he's part of that trend here as well. He does a Tuesday night show, and that's what he brings. And I, and I don't think we can ever have too many shows that talk about men. It's okay to be a human being, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to, Coach. Uh, Before I get you out of here, I do want to ask you about this unsigned seniors and preps school showcase. I think that you guys are on fire. I think you're on fire with this as well, uh, as I know there's a camp coming up for Infinity in October. I think it's the ninth over in Charlotte that we'll be at. And and I'm going to try to make this trip, too, because I'd like to see what you're doing over here. But uh, tell us a little bit about this. What's what's it about? What fueled it? And what have uh, these individuals? seniors that come over here, what do they expect to get from you guys? Well, so I think maybe either two or three years ago, I um, 
I was just, you know, I had an idea. I'm like, there are so many kids that uh, just fall through the cracks, and, you know, I have so many relationships. So I wanted to do, you know, one of these camps. So I did one, maybe I think two, two or three years ago I did it. I had probably about 120 kids. And it was I had it live streamed, and it was weird because you know as you know the, the the kids are going through the different drills. I mean the coaches were you know messaging my phone. Who who is this kid? Can you Facetime? I'm Facetiming. They, we're going to offer you a scholarship. You know, it, it be a JUCO, be an NAIA school. And I was like, wow. So maybe like 25, 30 kids picked up offers from that event. So let's fast forward to um, today. My good buddy uh, William Lee. He has a uh, this place called Dash Performance, which is phenomenal here in uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia, trained so many top athletes, college, pro. He and I were t- really good friends. He trains my son. We were talking, and I'm like, listen, because of this whole pandemic thing, kids are missing out. I want to do a, 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 a unsigned showcase and invite the prep school kids over. And he was like, cool, let's do it. So, for, and first, you know, putting it together, you know, I posted on social media the other night. I mean, and obviously, you know, it's kind of blown up. I never anticipated colleges reaching out and saying, hey, can we come? And I was like, absolutely. So I, I posted earlier today we had 17 committed so far that they were going to come. We're now up to 24 colleges that, that are going to be there live and in person. And these schools are not just coming just to hang out. They're coming to look for, you know, athletes. They're, 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 they're coming to look to offer. They're coming to, you know, build relationships. So, you know, it, it's going to be an amazing event. I got some of the top quality coaches that are going to be running the drills and putting the kids through the different, you know, events. And it's just an opportunity for young men to, to you know, to if you get a scholarship, if one kid gets a scholarship offer, it's a success. Just doing mm-hmm. things to try and continue to help these young men as we go with this, you know, through throughout this pandemic. It will still be live streamed. Like I had several, you know, Power Five schools reached out and was like, when, when you start getting a list together of these kids, can you send it to us? So I was just like, wow. So, like, this thing is really – it's really blowing up. But, you know, I'm not shocked, um, blessed to be in a position to help so many kids. And so I try to use my platform everywhere I can in, in, in a positive uh, way to help kids. Well, Coach, I got to be honest with you, man. I love anything at this point that you guys have done or just you individually have done, and that's what I told our team right off the rip. We're mentioning this on every broadcast until that big day comes up, and, of course, that's going to be on Sunday, Sunday from uh, 12 to 5. How far away is, would that be for, let's say, Charleston? It, what would be the road trip for me to get to this location, Coach? I'm just going to say never too far. For an opportunity, for, I agree with for that. $250,000, for a $250,000 scholarship, I would drive 24 hours if I had to, um, <laughs> especially if you believe in yourself and you want to be seen up close and personal by college coaches. And sure. I'm not sure how far Charleston is from where we are because the school is maybe like 15 minutes from, from um, downtown Atlanta. So okay. I'm not sure how – I've never been – I've been to Charleston once. I'll take it back. So maybe about – I think it might be like maybe five and a half hours from you guys. Okay. Well, well, we'll make that happen. And, you know, Eugene and I will put some plans together. It's a Sunday, right? So we, we can make that happen. Absolutely. We'll come up yes, on a we'll, – we'll make it happen either way, as long as you don't mind us making that trip up there. And let's, let's do what we can do. We're going to continue to – 
because there are going to be a ton of guys, unfortunately, that won't be playing on the sixth day of, uh, of this event here. Matter of fact, uh, the championship game actually will be the fourth and the fifth here uh, in uh, the state of South Carolina. So that day actually uh, will be the day after all of our state championship games. So all of our kids will be and, done. And, and that's my thing. The reason, you know, for that specific date was um, mm-hmm. the first signing period is coming up in December. And yep. I was just like, you know, it's the, it's the third week. It's, it's after the third round of playoffs here in Georgia. So there's only going to be, you know, four teams left. So it's still an opportunity for a lot of the, the, the Georgia kids to come. But we're so, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina kids aren't playing right now. Alabama, Mississippi, it's so close for Tennessee, Kentucky guys to get here and, and participate. So, you know, we're just trying to, again, we're trying to do something to provide um, kids an opportunity to, to just, you know, play, I mean, compete, get a, another opportunity. I have some, a few other things that are coming down the pipeline that are going to be humongous in the month of January. Stay tuned for that. Um, would definitely love to have you guys on board with that as well. But just trying to do a lot, man, to just help kids get an opportunity to be seen. Well, brother, I'm going to tell you this. Whatever y'all do in Georgia, everybody else is chasing you. And uh, we know that. I don't care who hears me in South Carolina. If you just got your feelings hurt, the truth hurts. We're chasing Georgia. We understand that. All right? That's why the, the, the South Carolina High School Blitz and Southern Sports Central, along with the EP training and, of course, uh, the guys at Infinity and some other camps around the state of South Carolina, Carolina Experience, and all these guys that we have decided to work with, Coach, this is why we do it, because we – we got dogs per capita. There was one time we put more dogs in the NFL than anybody per capita in the state of South Carolina. Absolutely. Right. But that's still here. We just got to get guys here. And if they ain't coming here, then we need to get our guys in cars and buses and get them to where they got to go. And that's what we've done with working with a lot of you guys. So I do want to say thank you so very much for coming on tonight. I hope this is the first of many. I would like to have a conversation with you off there, of course, as well. And you've already opened that opportunity earlier today, I think yesterday, but uh, let's do this again up until this event. And I also, um, are you going to be making that trip, by the way, just kind of quickly here to Charlotte? I know the infinity guys uh, have answered Absolutely. the bill. Absolutely. I'll be, I'll be there. <laughs> what do we December see? Trip, I'll be there. <laughs> what, what, what do we expect out of that camp? I know, I know it's kind of uh it's wait and see kind of thing for some things, but I was there in Ben Lippin. I was there right outside of uh, Atlanta. Now you're in Charlotte. I think that's a home run, by the way, that whole state hadn't played football since last year. And a lot of, like I told you, these kids in South Carolina, most of them will be done. Uh, they will all be done because the state championship games. Uh, well, most of them will be done. Let's just say that. Well, again, if you were here in Atlanta camp, I don't care what anybody says. And I've done many camps around the country, mm-hmm. I've done camps here in Georgia. That was the absolute best camp ever put on for the, from the standpoint of kids got – for the volume of kids that were there, everybody right. got quality reps. I mean, you saw we had NFL Pro Bowl guys uh, galore coaching, out there teaching, getting into it with the kids, showing them, you know, proper technique and stuff like that. And it was just, it was just fantastic. I, you know, now, will we ever have another camp like that, that that'll beat the Atlanta camp? <laughs> no, but it'll come very close. And then once we do it again next year in Atlanta, you know, it'll be even better. But, you know, it's just another opportunity for kids to be seen. I think seven or eight kids received offers from the Infinity Atlanta camp. Um, so we're just looking for the same thing again at, at the Infinity camp in uh, in Charlotte on December 5th. So, I mean, again, it, it's, it's vital for kids to, 
to, to, to, to get out, to be seen. You know, now you're going to have kids that have the film. Now you have the film. You're just completing your resume. That's, that's what I call it. And we're just looking forward to another fantastic event. No doubt, Coach. Real quick before we get you out of here, we are live right now with Coach Kenyatta Watson. He is uh, a college recruiting consultant. He's got his own big thing coming up in uh, just a few weeks, if you will, December 6th, about a, a little, almost a month away that he's going to have the unsigned seniors and prep school showcase. We'll retweet that information. Uh, Coach, tell them how can they find you, how do they connect with you, and how do they get educated uh, with all that you have going on? Okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at the real K Y T H E R E A L K W A T. Um, same on Instagram, Facebook. It's just Kenyatta Watson. You know, reach out, DM with questions. You know, I try to answer and respond back to as many as I can. Um, just looking forward to the the fellowship and building relationships with kids and parents. Man, it's going to be a blessing, man. Coach, God bless you, your family. We wish your son uh, the best as he heads back home. He gets to play uh, in front of a home state, if you will, there. And, of course, the rumbling wreck of Georgia Tech. Uh, very blessed to have him. I can't wait to talk to you off the air, Coach. Uh, thanks again for hanging out tonight with us for a few minutes. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Always a blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, a quick break. The bus is leaving Georgia. It's not on our mind anymore because now we're heading to Greenville where I've got a good buddy of mine and excited to get Cole Bryson. He can be heard on Saturday mornings on the ESPN Upstate group up there in Greenville. And you can also hear him on Friday nights. Well, when they play, we'll talk about the Rebels of uh, Burns. He is the voice of the Burns Rebels. Coming out of break, guys. Don't go anywhere. 20 seconds from checking in with Cole Bryson. Everybody, it is a hour three. We're a little into hour three, if you will. I'm Richie Elman alongside, of course, uh, Eugene Benton, getting ready to jump in here with Cole Bryson. He is the play-by-play guy, of course, for the Burns Rebels. You can find him and hear him over there on ESPN Upstate, marketing manager uh, with the company up there as well. You can hear him as he is the host of uh, the big show up there, the Saturday Ramble, Saturday mornings. You can hear him right there on uh, – ESPN Upstate. Cole, my man, what's up in the Upstate? You guys safe, by the way, with the weather? Man, it was, uh, it was a weird, weird, weird day or so, weird day and a half of the weather, but uh, yeah, it seemed to be out of here. Uh, it was just really windy today. It was like 40-mile-an-hour winds. Was it uh, bad y'all's way? Man, it's been weird. Not really. I think you guys weird. took the part. We appreciate it, by the way. As uh, you know, uh, we got a lot of kids in. I think the Coke Club's going to follow. But, uh, no, nah, it wasn't too bad. A little bit of wind, a little bit of rain. Just a typical day, I guess, if you will, a Thursday afternoon here in the low country. Man, I haven't woke up yet uh, in my bed, like, in the middle of a lake yet. So, um, you know, I, with it being 2020, I fully expect to do that at some point this year. But uh, as of right now, we're good, you know. Another man, day. Amen. One, no doubt about one it. One day close to 21. 
So let me ask you this, man. Uh, I don't have it sitting in front of me. Uh, that, of course, uh, the um, the brackets, and I'm pulling it up as we speak. But uh, before we talk playoffs, you guys still got some football to play, man. What's going on in the upstate, man? We're not letting any of our closest friends and neighbors or even the UPS man on that side of Columbia, man. What's up up there? Uh, we just had a bunch of schools in the upstate, man, that have had to take two-week quarantines, and uh, <clears throat> Burns hadn't played, and tomorrow will be 28 days. So we've played two games so far this year, and uh, our third game will be for the region championship. So not usually how it works, but, again, it's 2020. Uh, but, you know, you just feel for the kids who have had a quarantine for weeks and weeks at a time. I mean, you look at a team like Broom High School. I don't know if you've heard of Broom before, but Broom in 3A, they quarantined twice, and now they're having to play four games in 13 days. They played on Saturday. They played last night. They're playing on Monday night, and then they'll play a, a week from tomorrow. Four games in 13 days. So it's crazy, man. It's, it's 2020, but – you know, it, it's kind of one of those things you just have to kind of roll with it. Yeah, you definitely have to roll with it. Let's talk about rolling with it. As we look at this one here, and again, not much of y'all's brackets and the upstate's filled out. If you look at ours down here in the lower state, everybody's pretty much guaranteed where they are now, but Region 5, the second seed, we think – we feel pretty good it's going to be River Bluff. That's the same one that uh, Dutch Forks said. But over there on you guys, it's Gaffney. I guess they've already clinched Boiling Springs. They've already yep. clinched Ridgeview and yep. Northwestern. Who is the Region 1-1? One, one? I guess that's what you guys are going to be playing for. Is that y'all in Region 1? We're Region 2-5A. So uh, <clears throat> the, way it's, the way it's matched up is Burns and Dorman are uh, in from our region. Bowling Springs and Gaffney are in from Region 3-3A. Uh, the winner tomorrow night between Burns and Dorman, uh, one of the biggest games in the state, uh, the winner will be the region champion, and the winner will host a Bowling Springs team that's only lost one game. So uh, a very, very good Bowling Springs team this year. The loser will be at Gaffney in the first round of the playoffs. So we're going to see some freaking huge first-round matchups. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, who is uh, – and, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Northwestern in region, of course, that they're in, they will be playing region one, the second seed. Who is that? What region is region one with that one and second seed? Do you remember? I want to say it's – that gentlemen. I want to say it's the Rock Hill region. I that sounds say it's right. I want to Rock Hill region. I – I don't want to say because I'm probably 100% wrong, but uh, I want to say it's one of those one of those regions up in Rock Hill or York. Right. That's that weird side of the uh, – they're the upstate, but they're kind of to the far upstate, right? I mean, that's kind of – that's yeah. why we probably can't put them together. Eugene, I know you can hear us. Kind of pull that up, see what you see there, buddy. Kind of get us some corrections there. Um, yeah, for me, though, gosh, you, you, your heart fills out. Because even if you go down to 4A, there was a three-way tie – with Greenville and a couple of other teams, but it went down to that point differential. What, what was your oh, thoughts man. when you saw a, a, a team like that? Man, those guys can play. That coach can coach, but they're not going to be coaching and playing in the playoffs, even though they only have that one loss. It's gut-wrenching, man. I know Greg Porter well, and I talk to him usually once a week, maybe sometimes more than once a week. And uh, just to tell you how gut-wrenching it is, I was talking to Reggie Shaw yesterday in his office, the head coach of Burns, and uh, after our weekly interview, we'll kind of just talk football around the area. And I said, man, I said, 
how about Greenville? And he didn't realize it. And I said, he said, what about them? And I said, man, they're out of the playoffs. And he, he said, what? I mean, it, it's unbelievable to think that one of the best teams in 4A, and, and the funny thing is two weeks ago on my show, I said, hey, in my opinion, Greenville is going to be the team to make a run in 4A. And then two weeks later, they're not even in the playoffs. So, it, it, man, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. That's one of the best teams in the upstate. And, uh, it, you know, they lost, a, they lost a very important game to Greenwood. Uh, but they also, because of the three-way tie, like you talked about, it came down to, to points allowed. And, you know, their, their defense allowed the most points. So, it, based on the rule, it is what it is. There's nothing they can do about it. But it sucks. I mean, that's the only way to put it. It, it absolutely sucks for, for Greg Porter and Greenville. They had a, they had a really, really good football team. Yeah, they definitely did. And, of course, they'll be doing it in another year. But how many seniors? I mean, for some reason, and we've had Coach Porter oh, on multiple times. I mean, yeah, this seems to be the year that a they lot. were going to be able to do something big, right? Oh, they had a they, they're senior heavy. They had uh, they have two of the best defensive ends in the entire state, transfers from Hillcrest, and uh, Aces and Aries Scott, both their twin brothers, and uh, they have gotten a lot of offers, racked up a lot of offers. Just, just a huge defensive line and, and a great quarterback and a, just, a, like you said, a ton of seniors. And, man, this was their year to, to make a run. Now, they'll, they'll, they'll be good for years to come. Greg Porter does a great job. But, man, they, they really had a, a, a strong team this year, and you hate to see it for those guys. Yeah, I definitely can. Uh, you know, my heart goes out. We've had them. And I tell you, he's one of the most motivating speakers on this show. I'm sure you can say oh, yeah. the same on your show. The guy just makes me want to uh, – Makes yeah. me want to get after it and, and, and play some football, but you know they'll be doing it in uh, in another year. Now, how does that affect them through the rest of the year? Do they look at it and say, "Well, we'll play the rest of these games," or, or do these teams up there just say, "You know what? Let's just focus on the basketball season." Well, they have a game against JL Man Friday, and they'll win that game. JL Man struggled, but uh, I think they'll kind of. Man, I, I hate to be JL Man, you know, playing a, a pissed off Greenville team right now that didn't make the playoffs. Um, and then I believe they're trying to get a game scheduled for that a few teams here in the upstate. I don't know about the low country, but a few teams here in the upstate that don't make the playoffs. They're kind of playing like a, a extra game, kind of like a bowl game on the 13th. Um, and right. I believe they're trying to get a game then as well, just to, for the kids to have one more game. Uh, I hadn't heard an official word, but I hope, man, I hope they get one. I hope they get another one. I hope, I hope they win a hundred to nothing. I mean, I, you know, I, I just hate it for those guys. And I know that they'll, uh, They'll be they'll be ticked off that they didn't get in, and you know, I, I like I said, I feel bad for JL Man Friday. Yeah, you kind of look around at that 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 bracket, man. It, it's a, it's an interesting conversation. We'll we'll know more as we get more into the uh, the week that is. Westside is a team though that seems to be very good. They've got a quarterback over there that is uh, a lights out guy who I believe uh, is a transfer. Is that not right? That's the kid that came down from. Miami, Florida, he's taken over, and he's really kind of stepping it up. Is that the right school? Yep, it is. Peter Zamora, he uh, transferred from Florida, and uh, his brother as well. And uh, they're, a, they're a, a very good, a very talented duo on that Westside team. You know, Westside Side's interesting because you have Scott Early, who is no, uh, no stranger to the upstate in terms of high school football and, and his mm. – Ten years uh, at some other schools here in the Upstate, and some bad blood between them. I remember, remember when Burns was in their heyday, and Scott Early had a few good teams, and uh, 
Scarborough's always had good football teams, but at Westside lately, that team just hadn't been able to get over the hump. So I think these uh, couple, uh, they got a few other transfers in as well, and I think these guys have really elevated this Westside team. Um, and they played well this season, man. They've had a, they've had a close, couple of close games as well. I think they're a, I think they're a legit team. I mean, I, I'm interested to see. You know, everything's different um, when you get to the playoffs. Those lights are a little bit brighter. So I, I don't know if they'll make a run for the state championship, but I think they have the capability to do so. Uh, in 2020, I think any team, if you get into the playoffs. Uh, this season, I think you have a chance to win the state championship. You know, it's kind of weird uh, as we're live right now, and I'm just finding out it's uh, Hannah and Hillcrest is uh, is what Eugene is kind of telling me. They're both three and zero, by the way. In uh, yeah, in that they, they play for Friday. the region championship Friday. Right, that's right. So, so they play. We'll they play answer. for the region. Yep. So we'll have that answer Friday, right? There'll be a lot of answers, by the way, come Friday yep. at least in five A yep. football. Now, um, as we're live Absolutely. right now, hanging out with a, uh, a big-time guy who does the big-time things up in the Greenville area. He joined us in his high school days, and here he is now in his professional days. Cole Bryson, part of that ESPN Upstate, and he is the voice for the Burns Rebels talking football in playoffs because it's all but kind of kind of figured out. But staying at 4A real quick, Cole, you, you see Westside, yes. Greer, though, I think very impressive. South Point, very impressive. Greenwood, impressive. That side is, is going to be – Really good representing the upstate, but man, the lower state, North Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach courts, we found out they're human. They lost Friday night, but that 4A bracket on both sides, upper and lower, seems to be a very much heavy hitting across the board. No doubt, and 4A is fun to watch. I mean, it's been a fun classification to watch, and uh, I think the fun part about it is we don't know a ton about these teams in the lower part of the state, and a lot of these teams in the lower part of the state don't know a ton about these teams in the upstate, and I think that's what make the what makes the 4A state championship usually so good? It's a it's usually a very entertaining game, and I mean I, I think it's going to be another good one this year. Yeah. Now, what do you think of one through three? Without going through their brackets, uh, any teams one through three? You know, the one that kind of sticks out to me, you know, uh, and, and it's definitely uh, the conversation in the room is Wren. You know, they're already in the playoffs. They're waiting to find out who they play. They were the 4A state champs just last year. They stepped down. Seems like they haven't skipped a beat now in 3A, but what's your thoughts in 3A, 2A, and 1A in the upstate? Oh, man, I, I tell you, 1A, 1A is going to be dominated by Southside Christian for a long time. They were 2A, dropped down to 1A, and from the people I've talked to, uh, Southside Christian out of Greenville, man, they're, uh, they're going to be a force in 1A for a long time as long as they're there. So that'll be very interesting. Now, with 2A, you know, I, I, I really don't know. I think I think I do know, uh, you know, as far as the, the entire state goes, I don't know exactly who would challenge them, but Chesney is a very, uh, very good football team under Clay Lewis in his second year. Those guys haven't lost. They won the region already. That's going to be a tough out for any team um, come playoffs. But then, you know, when you look at 3A, I think 3A is the most interesting, man. As it has been for the last few years, you've had a, a head-on collision with, with uh, Chapman and uh, Dylan these past few years, and man, it's been a it's been a fun battle over these few years with Chapman and Dylan. And I think you're gonna have that same battle this year, man. Uh, Chapman, you gotta remember, Chapman lost their entire senior class. They brought back just a few starters. Their coaching staff was gone. Their almost the entire coaching staff left for Spartanburg High School, and they get a new coach, new coaching staff, a ton of young players. And what do they do? They're undefeated, and they're rolling everybody. They haven't missed a beat. 
and you've seen it in the recent polls and the uh, media polls, Chapman is up there uh, with Dylan again. And I think, man, it's going to come down to those two. I think Chapman and Dylan will, uh, again, Union County could, could throw a wrench in things, but, you know, Union County is, they need a lot to happen to get into the playoffs. They're still a good team, but I don't think they're going to make it when it's all said and done. But uh, Chester is one that's going to be tough. But, I mean, I think it comes down to the top two with, uh, with Chapman and Dylan again. Yeah, by the way, is it Chapman that's got those massive dudes on the front line? I mean, they've got like a record amount of uh, of numbers on the offensive line. Is that where that is? I saw some stuff across the media a couple weeks ago or last week. Yeah, they have a big front. They have a they have a big offensive line. Uh, they have a they have a package that they uh, use a couple of bowling balls, is what I call them. Uh, you know, guys who are just two fifty plus and run they run behind that big line. They're they're a good team, man. Harry Cabin is from Malden, uh, came in in his first year. He's done a phenomenal job. Chapman had a great culture already in place, though. We talked about that Saturday with, with Coach Cabanis. Chapman has a great culture in place, and anytime you have a great culture in place, it's easy to make a transition from one coach to another because the culture doesn't change, and that's exactly what's happened so far at Chapman. No doubt, live right now, Cole Bryson. He is with the ESPN Upstate crew. You can hear him on Saturday mornings at the Saturday Scramble. That, of course, right there on ESPN Upstate. He's also the voice of the Burns Rebels. Also can be heard right there on ESPN Upstate. Let's go back to our talk, and that is 5A football with me getting to be the voice of the, of course, Fort Dorchester Patriots. We took a tough one on Friday night, and it was a battle with uh, Somerville. And you know how these things work, man. You take out the records and you add in the rival, and that's what makes it a traditional Friday night smackdown in any town, I don't care when you put two teams like that together, it's going to happen. And I expect the same with Burns and Dorman coming up here this Friday night. But when you look at the upper state, it's very good already with waiting on a few teams to get their slippers and to get into the dance. On the other side, you got Dutch Fork, Somerville. That one, I think Dutch Fork finds a way to get this one done. Goose Creek, Carolina Force, that one could be a draw. I think Sumter Berkeley is a draw. And then Fort Dorchester probably will get River Bluff, and I feel like Fort Dorchester wins that one uh, just because I think they're just a little deeper. What is your thoughts on 5A, just kind of a stepping back two weeks before we even have to talk about it? But overall, I think this seems to be a pretty strong group of teams coming in as we start really in week three of the playoffs. Well, talking about 5A, when you when you take a step back and look at the entire classification I, I feel like there's a little bit more uh, balance across the board with these with these teams this year. Now I know Dutch Fork still Dutch Fork, uh, and they're still very good. But you know, all roads come to an end. Uh, Dutch Fork, I think they lost their first JV game last week for the first time in like I don't know how many years. It was a long time. Um, right. I know they lost their first JV game. They're supposed to play Burns next week, and Tom Knotts called and canceled. Uh, I don't know if they're just you know, kicking all the players off the team for losing or what they're doing. But when you step back, man, I, I think there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of uh, teams – I think there's a lot of teams that could beat Dutch Fork this year. I think there's teams I agree. in the lower part of the state that could beat Dutch Fork, and I think there's teams in the upper upper state that, uh, you know, could beat them too. And, you know, with it being 2020, yeah, Dutch Fork may win it again. But I, if I had a bet, man, I think, I think this is the year Dutch Fork streak comes to an end. I think uh, – I don't know who it is. I think somebody knocks them off. You know, the, the Jekyll and Hyde Gaffney team, Gaffney's uh, great one week, and the next week they barely beat Nation Ford. So, 
Uh, I don't know what kind of Gaffney team we're going to get in the playoffs, but I will tell you this. If Gaffney makes a run in the postseason and Gaffney gets to the to the state championship, one thing Gaffney doesn't do in the state championship is lose. They don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. So if Gaffney gets there with Dutch Fork, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I'm picking Gaffney. Gaffney just they, – they win the state championships. They, I think they've won 18 of them for a reason. And uh, I don't think they'll lose the Dutch Fork if they got there. They're a very experienced team. Like I said, though, they hadn't played the best football this year yet, I don't think. Uh, now they have a few weeks off. But you look at teams like Dorman – uh, I think I hadn't seen Dorman yet. Obviously, I'll see him tomorrow night. But right. I think there's teams like Dorman and Burns who could uh, be a, a sleeper. Uh, I tell you what, uh, Bowling Springs is a sleeper. Bowling Springs is a team that could could make a run and uh, be the team in the first round. I saw them two weeks ago. They're very good. And then uh, you know when you look at teams across the state and, and you know in your neck of the woods, I, I think uh, I think I think coaches in the lower part of the state have. And even in the Midlands, have seen Dutch Fork so many times now. I think they kind of know the mo. And I'm not saying that, that they're better, but I just think that uh, I think Tom Knotts' run um, has been incredible. It's, it's been, you know, other than the Burns run with Bobby Bentley uh, and the run that he had with the Rebels, uh, this has been ex- something we've never seen before. What Tom Knotts has done, but I do think this is the year that he could be knocked off. I think a team could get him this year. And you know, I hate to say it, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. Again, you know, you give him the respect that he's earned, and he is who he is. But, you know, it was interesting. There's a few sites on Facebook that likes to poke the bear and, and do what they do, and it is what it is there. But for me, don't be so quick to put in the uh, the, the those guys up there at Dutch Fork just yet, because I'm going to tell you, don't overlook Fort Dorchester. They're a team that easily has a, a, a lot of weapons. I won't give out all their secrets because I want to be able to call the game tomorrow night, but I'm going to tell you, you know, they, they, they're pretty good. And I think, I'm going to tell you, and I think you and I said this before the season started, or at least I told you, I wouldn't be surprised if Burns went on a run, Fort Dorchester went on a run, and you and I got a chance to call a game from different sides of the ball in many ways and uh, be there on championship, which as of right now, it looks to me, and that's kind of the final thing I'll ask you about, is uh, the state championship game. One of the modules has it at the lower state this year, upper state next year. Again, your thoughts on on that conversation. I know you're in a lot of ears uh, and listening to a lot of conversations like myself. You talking about where it will be played? Yeah, yeah, where it will be played. Because I know South Carolina, the Gamecocks, is out, and they're looking for another venue and another opportunity. Um, From what I've heard yesterday and the day, it sounds – again, I could be wrong, but it sounds like – Sounds like I'm not again. I'm not going to speculate. And I hadn't heard anything official, but it sounds like uh, a lot of the majority of the state championships may be played in the Upstate this year, at a couple of venues up here uh, that are capable of hosting that kind of event. Uh, and I hate we can't have it in South Carolina. South Carolina, love them or hate them, they're, it's the best venue in the state to have the high school football state championship. It, it just is. I mean, it, it's the perfect location, the perfect venue, the perfect spot for all the media. Uh, it's a great place to have it, and I hate it. I, I love going to williams Bryce every year uh, to cover the state championship, and I hate it's not going to be there. But, you know, there's a lot of good venues across the state. There's a lot of a lot of small colleges, and uh, there's a lot of big high schools that could, could very easily host the state championship games. But, man, yeah, that would be fun, having uh, be able to meet up for a state championship game between Burns and Fort Dorchester. You know, I, I, I tell you what, I, I've told a lot of people – this is the mo- this is the year that uh, people, and if you look at the past decade or two, nobody knows 
who Burns is this year. Nobody knows. They, they, they've only played two games, and one of the games was against Riverside, you know, and uh, not being disrespectful to Riverside, but you just don't have a big sample size. So it could cost Burns because they hadn't played in 28 days, or it could be very beneficial and they could be uh, rested and well-oiled and make a run. I, you know, it's just one of those things. Nobody, even the coaching staff, nobody really knows. So uh, I, I think it's going to be fun, man. I think it's going to be interesting. I hope we get to play uh, all through the playoffs. And I just, number one, I hope the players are safe. I hope the, the virus uh, can be subdued. I know that, that's not possible, but I hope uh, we can get to the playoffs and I hope we can 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 crown a champion in all five classifications because, you know, I hate to say it, but nobody wants to play football if, if there's not a champion. Yeah, no doubt about it. Because in other words, it's just like a practice, right? I agree with that 100%. Yep. Man, I got to tell you, Cole, everything that you do for me, buddy, our friendship is solid, man. It's a family uh, for me, at least, I, you know, from the day I met yeah, you but... back in the days, if you're days, and you talk about Boiling Springs, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this young man graduated from Boiling Springs, at one point was covered in Boiling Springs as a high school student. Now, look at him, all grown up and stuff, doing that uh, adulting and doing it in fashion as he, of course, is the play-by-play voice for the Burns Rebels. You can hear him on ESPNU Upstate. Also, Saturday mornings, recapping all the exciting stuff. And that is uh, the hey, Saturday man. morning scramble. Yes, sir. I'll tell you one thing real quick before you let me go. I was yeah. uh, looking back at some videos and some pictures today, and I still love high school football. I think I'll always love high school football. But I'll tell you one thing, and I, I think COVID's hurt this a lot this year too, and I hope it gets back to normal next year. But uh, I think every high school – should be required at the beginning of the year to show footage and show pictures of high school football through, you know, from 2000 to 2010 and 2012 and 2013 because, man, I just look back at some pictures and videos of, of these stadiums and you talk about thousands and thousands and thousands of people at these mm-hmm. stadiums and, you know, kids are a lot different now. Kids are I mean, at the high school level, they're not as passionate about school spirit as, as you know as we were, and even in the past seven, eight, nine years, high school football looks a lot different. I mean, I don't know. I hope we do. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't know that we'll ever have the level of high school football that we had in the 2000s, from you know from 2000 to 2010, and the few years after that. I mean, you look at the dynasties we had, but also the the fan bases and the communities that were involved. I mean, it's just. I truly, I know Texas and Florida, you know, they're top notch, but I truly believe that high school football in the state of South Carolina from, you know, 1990, 1995 to, to 2013, 2014 was some of the best high school football in the country. Now, some breaking news coming out. I don't know whether or not your phone went off or you heard, but looks like in Clemson, you're right there in that area, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, did, have you heard the news, I guess, about four minutes ago? It just came across that he tested positive for COVID, but does that mean that he gets a two-week suspension or does he call up Nick Saban and figure out the antidote so that he can play this weekend or definitely he needs to play next weekend for sure? No, I have not seen that. I hadn't even looked at uh, Twitter since we've been on the phone. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, I hate it for him. I, number one, I hope he's sure. okay and I hope he, I hope he beats it. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, it, is it really positive? I mean, how do we know it's really positive? I mean, it, it you know, exactly. we've, we've had so many false positives. I mean, is it really positive? I, I hate to be that way, but in the world we live in, I mean, it, you know, I hope it, I hope he beats it and I hope he's okay, but I don't know that, uh, you know, what, what, what can you trust nowadays, man? 
I agree with you 100%, man. And I just uh, I wanted to share that with you as it just broke out yeah. here on our, our outlets as well. Our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. Uh, man, this is his now, year. Now, who do they play? Know? They play Boston uh, College? Boston College, you are correct. And then they go to Notre Dame. So, Boston College, this isn't a weekend that they're going to need him, but I can promise you in two weeks they're going to need him in South Bend, correct? I think – oh, those. <laughs> there's no doubt they'll need him in two weeks. But I – I think I think he'll be back by then. I, I think there's, I think they'll they'll figure out a way. Listen, right. the bottom line is uh, the two week thing. That, that that's not a, it, it's not that didn't come from the Bible. That didn't come from from right. From, that's uh, premature. I mean, I don't I don't know who came with, came up with the two weeks. I mean, I get that you're supposed to quarantine for ten days, but the high school two weeks, man. I, I've I've disagreed with that since the beginning, and I am taking it serious. I do understand that the virus is real, but what is two weeks going to do? You know, I, I just, right. again, that could, we could get into a, another hour-long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> do me a favor. Send me the link because we're going to blast it all over our social media for those who want to uh, – those, those who want to listen to that broadcast. And we're going to have uh, Eugene on duty at Oceanside as they'll be hosting Great Collegiate uh, over at Oceanside. It's actually over at Johnson Higgins Stadium, but I'm going to have him eared up to listen to your game and tweeting it out as well because I think it is going to be a night to remember uh, when it comes down to the final zeros and the winner uh, take all there at that Burns Dorman game. Yeah, man. It's all, you can listen on ESPN Upstate uh, if you're in the Upstate area, Spartanburg 97 1, Greenville 97 7, as well as the Anderson Clemson area. Uh, but online, it's on the radio.com app. If you have an uh, Alexa, Amazon Alexa, you can just say, hey, Alexa, play ESPN Upstate. But you're right, man. It's going to be a, a great game. Reggie Shaw, quick note, Reggie Shaw in his fourth year at Burns looking for his first win uh, over the Dorman Cavaliers. So I think it's going to be a good game, man. Yeah, there's two things I've learned. is Dorman is a university, and uh, you talked about Gaffney. I mean, you know, that's Little John University as well. So they've got some history up that way, and Burns, of course, Keeps doing things. Uh, man, God bless you, your family. Thank you so much for all that you do for the communities up in that area. And, of course, just for coming on our show at any time. I reach out, man. You're always first class. And I hope we see you in the championship. I don't care where it's played. I just hope Burns and Fort Dorchester are representing the upper and the lower, and we'll meet in the middle, and we'll grab something to eat before and after. How about it? That'd be fun, man. I, I, I would uh, I'd love that. Hopefully it happens. <laughs> We'll pray about it see what happens, big man. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon, Cole. Thanks for everything. Yeah, man. Appreciate y'all. Y'all be safe. All right, guys. There you go. A quick one is I'm going to bring in another man. We're in Greenville. Let's hang out here for just a minute because when we come back, it's a referee, and he played at Clemson. His name is Brian Tolson. He's coming in right after this introduction. Oh, man, did we finish in style. Hold on. Welcome back, everybody. The final segment has come, and oh, has it been two and a half, almost three solid hours of sports radio. We got this guy for about 12 to 15 minutes tops. We're going to use it wisely. I want to thank Cole Bryson. He is with ESPN Upstate. He does a show on Saturdays. It is called the Saturday Scramble on Saturday mornings. Of course, you can also hear him because he is the voice of the Burns Rebels. So what? You could hear this guy's voice when you go to bed Friday night, wake up to him on Saturday morning. Well, if that ain't a gift, 
I don't know what is, but here's another gift. How many referees you know come into Stone Cold? We got one right here. He is the official referee for Southern Sports Central. That is Brian Tolleson. Brian, what's up, buddy? Oh, man, what you up to, brother? Just trying to catch up, man. We didn't know this. When I when I reached out to you, bro, I said, look, come on in. Let's hang out. Let's talk some football. How about that breaking news about your quarterback up there, Clemson, catching COVID, man? Man, that's shocking. Uh, very, very shocking. But, you know, I don't think anybody's immune to this thing, man. Anybody at any time can get caught. I think uh, a post I read the other day said, uh, you man, you got to embrace every game, every week, every day, because you just don't know. Right. You just have no idea. So, man – Prayers go out to him. I hope he's going to be all right. And um, we'll just kind of keep soldiering on and moving forward. No doubt about it. Let's get us some referees questions, man. I got questions. Oh, I got questions because we've had some games. <laughs> I don't know the answers, and I'm going to ask you. You are the white hat on tonight's show for about the next 10 minutes, brother, and I'm going to hit you hard, so hold tight. Let me just give you a scenario. There's a play being called. Now, the back judge, he sees or maybe doesn't see the play clocks at all zeros before they snap the ball. But the white hat does see that the clock sits all zeros. Ref, can you help me out? Can the white hat not override the back judge? I mean, isn't that how it goes? How does the procedure of correct operations go in a situation like that? It, it is the back and, – and it's a great question. It is the back judge's call. Um, he's going to be looking for that. He's, he's typically got the time. I mean, he's got the official time of the game. He's got the official – uh, time as far as the, uh, the the play clock is concerned. So, I mean, that's that's going to be his call. I'll be honest with you, if the referee is actually seeing that, it would be a shock um, that he's he's actually picked it up because he's, he's, he's picking up so many other things on the field and has really uh, ultimate responsibility for that quarterback and the safety of that quarterback. So, you know, he may see that it's at one second, two seconds. If it hits zero and, and that back judge hasn't, hasn't flipped the flag yet, Maybe he does. It's highly unlikely. It's, gonna, it's really going to be that back judge's call. And honestly, most of the referees I've worked with, uh, their their eyes are definitely not on that clock. They're really working the field, making sure what they've got out there and who's doing what. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. Again, we, we know this. We know you guys are human. Okay? So, again, I don't oh, look yeah. at the fair very often. And, and I almost <laughs> kind of got into it the other night, and I had to pull myself back in. Because I get it. You know, again, you guys are drained. You know, there's not as many of you this year because a lot of those guys and girls, by the way, this is an equal opportunity for anybody and everybody who wants to yell from the stands. You can yell on the field by throwing some laundry. But uh, you guys are, are, what, about half capacity right now across the state? Uh, we're, we're down in numbers um, significantly. I know I'm out of District 1, and um, pro- it, it's, it's cutting very, very close as far as, you know, making sure that, that we have adequate numbers, obviously, for the games on Friday nights. But, you know, the JV games on Thursday nights. You know, there's, there's a lot of new guys that um, may not be on the field as quick um, in, in normal years. They're on the field. Um, so we've, we've got a lot of guys that are out there. I'll be honest with you, man. I ran a game uh, last Friday night. I had Dorman and Spartanburg. I've got Hannah and Westside this Friday night. And then I turn around on Monday, and I've got Seneca and BHP. So, I mean, it's it's really, really there's, – there's a lot going on. Um, and, and honestly, man, you know, we're all jacked up and we're ready to go, and there's nothing like happened to me two weeks ago. I had traveled to Reston, Walhalla, and the game got canceled uh, because of COVID. So, you know, you're all ready to go and, and, and you're trying to organize your week and, and you're having your, you know, you're going through your, your books and whatnot, trying to make sure you're sharp on rules and sharp on mechanics and things like that. And then, bam, it's pulled out from money and you don't have a game. And then maybe you do have a game. Maybe they call you back and, hey, there's another one down here. And it's, it's every, it, I've, I've said this all along, 2020 just won't let go. 
and uh, and, and it just won't. Uh, everything and anything that could possibly happen has just has just happened. But I, I have to give hats off to to the officials uh, who have worked this year uh, and and have put everything out. It has been an incredibly incredibly difficult year. I have to. I mean, I give hats off to these coaches, uh, these players who who honestly, man, you know, we talk about not knowing if we're going to have a game or not. And these players, you know, just like what's what's going on with Trevor, and you don't know. You're you're right. literally one test away. And I mean, look at Wisconsin. What 12, 12 reported cases? Their starting quarterback, their head coach. I mean, <laughs> and they're sitting. You know, those individuals up there are sitting for twenty one days. You you right. just don't know when when it's going to happen and when something's going to come up. So uh, it does thrust a lot of people into into the limelight. Um, and and you honestly, you do the best you can with what you got. No doubt is we're live right now with the Southern Sports Central Whitehead. He is, of course, uh, the referee on Friday nights, and he's going to start joining me a little more if i got to send him a gift card uh, via however to get him in here once a week. Because I'm going to start doing this. I'd like to get you in, honestly, for about 30 minutes, maybe an hour. And uh, you got pretty thick skin for multiple reasons. But that being said, I'd love an opportunity because there's a lot of questions that are always coming after Friday nights. Again, I get you guys aren't perfect. I get the whole three blind mice thing and all that thing. That's cute and funny, but <laughs> realistically, I got to get answers. I mean, you know, I, I I hear them all the signs telling me they're they're worried about the quarterback safety. Well, then why don't we have a tackle box to where they can get outside of and throw it away and not be hit for a uh, for for a down and a penalty? That that's a great question. Uh, I think that um, what what you see a lot happen are a lot of rules that take place maybe in college. Maybe you right. see rules that hit in the pros, and we start looking at things from the safety aspect. The national federation, the high school leagues, and whatnot all come together uh, because we we really do follow a lot with what the national federation does. And so when a lot of these things start getting implemented, we start seeing that safety is involved. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me for some of the stuff to be voted in, and, and we start seeing some of these rules that come into play. Uh, some things don't make sense at the high school level um, right. just because they're more just applicable to the college game or to the pro game. But some of these things that are, you know, from a safety aspect, you know, getting outside the tackle box and those kind of things, you do start to see those things roll down and uh, as, as, as they can be implemented um, at, the co- at the high school level, especially in South Carolina. Uh, it won't surprise me for that to be coming pretty soon. Live right now with the Southern Sports Central White Hat. That's right. He's a referee on Fridays. Oh, he's also a referee on Saturdays, guys. There's a nice little treat for you as he hangs out with those Tigers up in Clemson on uh, Saturdays. And also, he's over there on practices at times as well. So, he's done a lot. But he played for Clemson, and that is Brian Thompson. He's glad to be a part of what we do. He's been a big supporter. He's a man of God and uh, has two amazing kids and a great wife that uh, help him look a little better than maybe he was the day before, as we, of course, appreciate <laughs> all that they have done, right? I mean, you've got a daughter who I believe – wasn't she a cheerleader at Clemson? Because your wife also, by the way, was a cheerleader at Clemson, right? Yeah, my wife was a cheerleader in a rally cat, and uh, my right. daughter actually um, kind of started to pursue that and then begged off. She actually just finished up Clemson with dual degrees, criminal justice and psychology, uh, actually graduated cum laude. And I was not me. That's her. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, say a special prayer for her. She's going to be taking the LSATs pretty soon and heading off to law school. So, um, and then my son, uh, actually, we just had a health scare with him about two or three weeks ago. He had a, uh, what one cardiologist said was two heart attacks. Another cardiologist said just two heart episodes, but, uh, his limestone university, uh, college football career is over. Uh, we've had to walk away from that. Um, had a lot of different tests that have gone on to check him out and make sure he's going to be okay. 
Uh, so kind of heading in a different direction for him. And um, so, man, like I said, man, 2020, it, it has been a year of, of, of all years. I, I told somebody the other day, do not say and do not ask that question, will this happen, can this happen, or I, I bet nothing else can possibly up, you know, upstage this because this year, mm. yeah, it, it will. <laughs> it yeah, you're will. exactly right. Well, I thought some prayers with both your son and your and your daughter, I haven't had a chance to talk to your uh, to your daughter, but I definitely have had conversations with your son, watching him in high school, to his days in college. Of course, uh, you know, I've uh, just had a blessing to get to know you. And, uh, man, it's oh, just man. amazing to get you in here, man. And I know, again, your biggest connection to me is that you're a man of God, man, and that's what we're all about here is, you know, disciples, creating more disciples and using our station, our platform that the Lord gave us, right, to do the things that the Lord Absolutely. wants us to do here. And, uh, you know, I don't hesitate, nor do I hide from that type of language here on this network. Now, Brian, I, I got to ask you this as well, man. You, you heard Trevor. Do you really feel like, I mean, again, Nick Saban beat all odds. And uh, maybe it was his twin brother. I know I saw some pranks there. And, again, I take this stuff very serious as well as anybody else. However, for Nick Saban to get back out there and coach after testing once and then retesting two more times, do you see Trevor Lawrence being hit with that 14-day rule? Because it will be, as Eugene has pointed out to me, 10 days when they play Notre Dame that he would have been hit with uh, COVID. Do you think he plays on yeah. Saturday? Yeah, week? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what uh, what a lot of their protocols are. I don't know, you know, from a, from a Clemson aspect, the ACC, the NCAA, kind of how they're doing everything. So I, I really have no idea. Um you know, we, we get tested as officials, you know, uh, every every Sunday, and, and, you know, we're kind of subject to the to the same things. If we pop positive, then, then we're out of there for, for whatever time they tell us. So, uh, you know, man, I really don't know. Uh, I actually, as as you guys said it, um, I literally was like, are you serious? And pulled up on my phone. I went to Twitter and pulled up TigerNet, and, and there it was. I was like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> okay, so I guess that's, that's how we learned. Um you know, and then you start reading some of the posts on Twitter. You know, I've had, uh, I think Ian Rappaport posted something a minute ago, Pat Forty and some other ones that are, that are out there with uh, some of the same kind of questions. And uh, I, I guess whatever whatever protocols Clemson has in place and, and uh, the ACC and whatnot is, is definitely what he'll follow. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm more concerned about making sure that, that he's healthy and that he's okay and uh, uh, he beats this just, you know, like everybody else. Um you know, I, I I would hope and pray that it would be a false positive or something like that. I don't want anybody to to deal with this or go through it. But right. um, you know, I, I, people who who make a lot more money and 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 are of a higher pay grade make those decisions. <laughs> thank God, I don't get to make them. But, no, thank but God yeah, that I mean, you I, can. I, but I'm saying thank God that I don't have to do it either. I wasn't saying you're not capable. <laughs> no offense. Not because you're a referee. I'm not picking at you. Don't take that out on our guys on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, man, I, t- I tell you, man, it's, and and you know, I'll, I'll roll back to to the officiating thing. That's the one sure. thing that uh, I've noticed with with the teams this year. Um, you know, every everyone's at different stages. Normally, we're we're further along into the season. We don't see a lot of the penalties that right. that we typically see early on, and, and mm-hmm. they're kind of spattered all the way through. You know, you got teams that are getting started and stopped. And you know, we're talking about Burns earlier. And, you know, how they've had to stop their season. Brooms had to stop their season and, and had to kind of go through protocols and whatnot. I think uh, BHP kind of had the same situation. Um, man, that, you know, you get into a sink and you get into working in this thing and all of a sudden they, they put the brakes on it. It's almost like going back and restarting and trying to get this thing going again. And uh, a yeah. lot of the stuff that, that you typically see early on in the season, like the holds, um, 
you know, the false starts, misalignments, and all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden kind of rears its head all over again where you kind of had all that stuff put to bed, and technique right. was really good, and everyone was doing kind of what they were supposed to, and then you kind of see some little chintzy little things, maybe a face mask or, you know, you got a personal foul or you get this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, Friday night, you know, there was, there was a lot of holding. And something, like I said, this late in the season, typically we don't see. But teams, like I said, man, you get off the field for a week, maybe two weeks, and you you kind of had to settle everybody down, and you get kind of restarted all over again. Man, it's it's hard. I, it I just, is hard, yeah, man. I, I, my, my hat's off to these coaches and these players who, who are going through this because I, I know when I played, I hated buys, period, mm. just, just a buy game. I mean, because right. I knew that week. It, it was hard. It was hard to get back into game prep and, and going back through all of these things. And then now, man, now all of a sudden you may be missing players. You know, a player might not be out there or, or a coach might not be out there or something like that. Or it may be suspended for the week and no one can have any kind of football activities whatsoever. Then you really go back to to, uh, to – so this is an unprecedented year uh, of, of all the different things I've seen. And, um, I, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy. I keep saying – you know, let's get back to 2021, and, and I heard a couple of pastors, you know, even Brad Cooper over at uh, New Spring said it. Man, you don't know 2021 is going to be any better. Ain't going to be no better. <laughs> hey, look, <laughs> I'm with you, man. Hey, look, I, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this day right here. All right, I'm going to enjoy this moment right now that I'm on the radio with you, and we, we've had a great list, but uh, I, I'm with you, man. And, uh, hey, man, give our boys over there at New Springs our love, man. They do a great job across the state as well. Uh, Brian, we got to go, man. We're up against the top of the hour, the final – seconds are on the clock for the night show and i ain't gonna say i saved the best for last but i got pretty close to it of course bringing in a referee <laughs> man so uh god bless you man thank you for what you do on fridays and saturdays thank you for raising your kids right doing it the right way with you and your wife doing it the right way man just much love from here to there uh we look forward to seeing you soon i know that it's going to happen i'm going to speak it into existence and until next time stay safe buddy Brother, God bless you as well, and you stay safe. And uh, talk to me. Let me know, man, when you want me to get back on, and we'll jump and do it again, okay? We're all over it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? You finish off with a referee. We started off big and strong as we got in here with Ben Moore. We were in Atlanta, 24-7 Sports. Miss Kathy Reeves, also in Atlanta, PD Sports Recruits. She joined us. And then – Coach Kenyatta Watson, he is with multiple things. He's a college recruiting consultant, also with the Infinity Group, and does a lot of things with a lot of dudes. And I got to tell you, it's a blessing to have him in here and talking football. Cole Bryson, the voice of the Burns Rebels, joined us here at uh, 8 o'clock. He's also on ESPN, excuse me, Upstate. That could be you too as well. Uh, He also has his own show, the Saturday Scramble, Saturday mornings. You can hear him there as well, and just finished off with a white hat, if you will, the referee of Southern Sports Central, and also on your town up in the upstate, and uh, that being Greenville, Spartanburg area, and all around, Brian Tolleson. Of course, he also does some things with refereeing on Saturdays in the ACC, and he played football. How about that? That cat played some football with the Clemson Tigers back in the day, and he's got some more stories that I'd love him to get back in here. He's told a few, but we got a few more to get from him. Eugene, we got about 30 seconds, my man. Great job tonight. I know you've been tweeting. We'll find out more. Our thoughts, our prayers are with, of course, Trevor Lawrence and uh, all of the Clemson fans and family. It's going to be an interesting next couple of days as I'm sure the conversation will come out. Well, real quick, Clemson tests on uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For it to be Thursday, that means we probably got tested Wednesday. Uh, if protocols and everything goes well, it looks like he should be 
even with the 10-day uh, period, uh, he should be good to go for Notre Dame. Hmm. Good job, man. As always, man, the takeover is complete. Southern Sports Central has concluded tonight. I'm Rich Elman alongside Eugene Bent. I want to thank our guest. Also, Mr. Brandon Biscobing. He'll be here live in the morning, 7 to 10, in Sports Unlimited, Unleashed, right here on the network, bright and early tomorrow morning. We'll tweet at it, at SO Sports Central. We'll put it on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. And until Monday, that's when you hear these two guys doing these two things. That is football and conversation all in one guys on behalf of all of us all of you guys best of luck tomorrow night friday night lights will be on once again and we will report it all live and recap it with you come monday night guys god bless take care we'll see you soon